Blog Talk Radio.
by iHopeTech, Grand Rising, and Better Love. You are listening to the Truth to Power, and my name is Beverly, and we have Thomas Tuckmo Smith with us tonight. Uh, let's see, Thomas, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, Beth. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Oh, I'm doing good. How are you this evening? Good, good, good. Uh, I I haven't looked at a lot of news, so um, I don't know really what's going on. You didn't see Biden today, man? Biden on... (laughs) What did he do? It was a press conference, and he called... uh, It's a change the verbiage. You know, every now and then they change up the verbiage of things. So they're Mm -hmm. no longer using third world. Right, that's like a politically incorrect term now. Okay. The new term for third world is Southern Hemisphere. Southern okay, Hemisphere. Yeah, Southern Hemisphere. And if you look at the UN map, the the not the, um, the UN flag, which has a map of the Earth, some people claim is the flat Earth map. But if you mm-hmm. look at it, the the countries on the top. Are all the white countries and the countries on the bottom, the southern, are all the non-white countries. Okay. You know, so that's why they they call them the southern hemisphere now, right? But um, he was calling them the third world, and they cut them off like, okay, oh, he's done talking. You know, you know. <laughs> and he gave another speech, and he said, "Man, I'm, I'm tired. I feel like going to bed and just walk off the stage." And people <laughs> like looking. They still asking questions. Yo, unbelievable, man. Time for my nap. Did he get through the speech? Nah, he didn't even finish. Like, he got stumbled up. Time for my nap. I lay down and just walked off the stage. Like, Mm -hmm. everybody just standing there. The other, the president of Vietnam just standing there looking like, oh, what what the fuck is he doing? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Unbelievable. But he went over there to make a deal with Vietnam. Because uh, you can't let them co- get cozy with China. Because uh, if you saw today, Kim Jong Un, I believe that's his name. That's one of my favorite presidents. You know, I like any president that uh, stands up to these people. And okay. uh, little Kim from um, his father was little Kim. He but little a little little fat Kim. He little Kim now after after she put on the weight and had the plastic surgery. He's the new little Kim. He's um. He just went and met with Russia today to meet with Putin. Okay. And I was shocked that he went by train. I didn't even know that they they still did this shit. So he caught a train from North Korea all the way to Moscow. Mm. Unbelievable. But um, I guess yeah, so he, they, they not gonna he not gonna get shot out the sky. Well, I didn't like realize they, that. North Korea borders Russia. I never really looked. It's just a little sliver of North Korea that borders Russia, and mm. they have a track that goes across there. I never knew this, so I guess that's how they get their grain and stuff from Russia. Okay. That track. So, yeah, he caught the track at his fancy train, and you know they was driving. I could just imagine, like, why didn't you just catch a plane? Oh, but he's mm. probably afraid, like you said, they're gonna blow that shit out the air. So let me <laughs> let me stay on this train. Yeah, they can't hit nothing in Russia without it being a war. So, right. yeah, so he went to meet with Russia, and this, this is really for Russia 
to buy arms from him. Uh, because like the United States, if you recall a few weeks ago, Biden admitted, like an idiot, that we ran out of ammunition. <laughs> right? And, uh, all our ammunition has been depleted by the Ukrainians, and they're trying to, you know, muster up more ammunition to get there from other NATO countries and da-da-da-da. <laughs> and if you notice, if, uh, the way they do it militarily is all NATO countries take the same bullets, take the same missiles, like their stuff is compatible to each country just in case this happens. So they could just use the other country's stuff and it, it still works. So uh, Putin is also running out of ammunition, but he's not dumb enough to admit it. So that's right. why he's going to Iran and he's going to other countries that have arms, that make arms, and he's... um. What he's done is, like, uh, he's right now trying to get North Korea on board. And um, if you recall, our last president had an excellent relationship with North Korea. This would have never happened. So Mm -hmm. this is um, further isolating the United States because, if you recall, the U.S. is, um, you know, not exactly friends with North Korea, right? And they have missiles that can hit most of the United States now. Uh, they have a space program and everything, so they're they looking pretty good. So I saw that happen in the day. I saw that the president of China, he didn't go to the G20. He, like, stood them up, and that's, of course, because he got the bricks. And uh, even though India still went, India uh, was giving what was, was, um, wasn't being nice. You know, they was, they was hauling it at all these white countries, you know, holding them up on all their lives and stuff. So... It's looking like the bricks is a go. So um, all that was what I saw happen today, Bev. And, of course, in New York, we had the 9-11 ceremony. Oh, yeah. 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 I didn't realize it was 9-11 until I got to work. And I go outside, like, on a little break, like, why the hell are all the streets blocked off? And why are all these damn firefighters out here and I don't smell a fire? And then I said, oh, shit, they're out here marching, like, they all in their best, you know, nice clothes and, you know, don't look like they've been in a fire. So I was like, okay, now I'm starting to put it together and I see all the police and everything. So I said, all right, this is the nine, the infamous 9-11 ceremony uh, that they have every year. So uh, that's pretty much what I saw today, Bev. You ain't seen nothing. What's going on up here in Detroit? I have no idea. That's a shame. Oh, okay. I'm- I'm here and not I'm in, in, my, in my little bubble and uh uh-huh. I, I don't know what's going on. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well um yeah, so in New York we have a we had our mayor come out and um give a little statement. I sent it to you. Did you see it? Mm mm. Uh, you know we got the the black dude, Eric Adams is the mayor. And um, he went on to start ripping Biden over this border problem. Oh, and, oh um, yeah, I did see that. In New York. I saw that. Yeah. yeah he he was all in for it, wasn't he? At first, wasn't he yeah. all in for it? He called himself the Biden of Brooklyn. Then he um, went to the migrants and went to sleep with the migrants. Remember he bought his head there with his pillow and thermostat and I'm going to show y'all that these shelters are safe and 
you know, anyone, I'm going to say he overnight, you know what I'm saying, that they showed him getting under the little, the little uh, sleeping bag and getting in it, sleeping on the floor with all the migrants. So he was all for it, right? Just everybody here. But now, he's like, okay. Now, this, I didn't know that he didn't have any conversation with Biden for two years. Did you know that? He didn't have no what your phone kind of messing up. Sound like you outside. So you know what? I'm sitting by and it's blowing. You can hear me better now, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. I said he hasn't spoken to Biden in two years. Hmm. That's so not that, So now, yeah, because he was Biden's guy when Biden needed to get elected, you know. Um, but um, so they're saying that we're getting. 12,000 to 13,000 immigrants coming in a month. Mm. Okay. Let's round that to 10,000. That's 120,000 a year. And they've been coming for three years. So that's 2001, 2002, 2003. That's 120 times three. That's 360,000 people. So, um, Think about that, and you think about how many of these kids got to go to school. It costs $35,000 to send a New York City kid to school. And it's mandatory for your kids to go to school, right? You're not homeschooling them or got them in a Catholic school. You got to have them in a public school, or that's child abuse, right? So they'll send truancy after you, child delinquency, ACS, you know. So you got to send your kids to school. And based off of the constitution of the city, all kids have the right to go to school. So they have sent all these kids to school. Can't even speak English, man. Never been to school a day in their life. Some kids, they lying on their age. They send them to high school. Some of these kids look like they're 30. You know what (laughs) I'm saying? They want to school lines around the blocks. Mm. Okay, this is why you had to come out and get a speech. It wasn't because of anything other than this. People were pissed off. They got to get to work. They come to drop their kids off from school. This is supposed to be a one, two, three step process, and it takes them two, three hours to get their kids in a school that they've been going to for the last eight, ten years, right? Because all these migrants are there, and they don't have any spots for them, and they don't understand the word they're saying, and they don't have enough teachers that understand what they're saying to help them. So it backs up everything. Not to mind you, all the schools got metal detectors, right? So you got to go through the metal detectors, all of this stuff, just to get into school. So this is this was hell, chaos in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. So um, just to give y'all some numbers, this, this came out in the New York Post in June. They said um, they put, they able to process two thousand people per day, but they got thirteen thousand coming in per day. So yeah, how backed up are you gonna be after a week if you're only able to do two thousand? You get it thirteen thousand. Just look at it like money, right? You owe someone $13,000 and you get $2,000 a week. But every week, they adding on a $13,000 tax. So you're never going to be able to pay them off, right? Nice. So this is what I got here. 98,500 people in individual shelters. So these are men in men's shelters mostly, right? They got 48,700 people in family shelters. This was as of June 1st. So mind you, it's 13000 So these are all adding up. 
right? 13,000 migrants being processed a month at just one hotel, the Roosevelt Hotel. And that's the one with all the people sleeping outside because they wait and they, they don't want to lose their spot in line to get processed, right? Um, hmm. they, they say it's costing them, it was costing them June 1st, $8 million a day just to feed these people, right? And in June alone, $1.6 billion is what they spent in total on this immigrant problem. So he comes out and says, well, we have a $12 billion deficit, not counting the immigrants, right? This regular deficit. And we can't tack this one to it, right? Because we can't, we're going to lose everything, he's saying. So every service in the city has to be cut from schooling Mm -hmm. to potholes to police to firefighters. Everything has to be cut to accommodate all these migrants that are coming in, right? And he's pissed. Um, you know, he, you know, Biden has to do something. You know, he, nah, listen, boom. He told everybody to go vote for him. You knew they did the sanctuary city stuff, you know. So um, the, the governor's trying to be slick. He's trying to blame the southern states for sending them up. But look, they they in the same boat. I'm not stuck. You know, y'all said y'all want only sending them up, Steve. So you're getting what you deserve, you know? So um, he's asking for people to go out. He's saying none of y'all went out and protested when when these people were coming in. And Wait a minute. Well, anyone who protested, y'all arrested them. Just like y'all did those people in Staten Island, right? Mm-hmm. So now he's calling for people to protest the migrants. So he's calling for people to, when they're going to put them in your part of the city, you know, you go out and you stand up to, you know, the the, the boss and, you know, listen, this is going to cause a lot of violence, man. But, you know, he can't, he, he, what can he do? He can't, you can't budget with what's not there and you can't take care of more people than you have to. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, situation, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it didn't take a rocket science to see that this is how it would end up. Exactly. It, so he should have saw that already. It, it's the, some of the dumbest people in the country figured this out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So this is just um, the Democrat policies, you know, back, back haunting us again. Um, now... With the migrant problem, right? What I what I see happening, what they what he's trying to do is he's trying to get this to um, happen in a black neighborhood, right? Because that now pretty white. But if this was to happen per se in Brooklyn or Harlem or the Bronx, right, where there's a lot of black people and we're out protesting immigrants, watch how he flips it. Look at these black people just not being, you know what I'm saying, accommodating these poor people. You know what I'm saying? But he's asking for people to protest. And so it's something real fishy there because I ain't never heard a governor say something like that before. Mm -hmm. And the mayor, you know, pretty much call for people to protest, even though he's telling his police force to lock them up for protesting, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, We had some stuff going down there in sports. Okay. Um, Pretty, pretty big deal. I see that. Well, first, um, I think her name's Golf. 
she won the U.S. Open, black girl. Mm-hmm. She's a young black girl, won the U.S. Open, so kudos to her. And um, Deion Sanders, are you familiar with his story, Barry? Uh, yeah, he used to play back in the day, didn't he? Yeah, he used to play back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, after he retired from football, he became a minister and a, a youth um, football coach. Okay. And um, a father, you know, he had kids, so he wanted to raise his kids. And um, he pretty much took in a whole bunch of um, orphans. I, I don't want to call them orphans, but I guess he adopted a bunch of children uh, from the neighborhood he grew up in and, that, you know, he knew their mother or father and they were doing bad. He adopted them and brought them in and he created his own football league down in Florida and he was doing his thing, you know, um, very good for him. If it wasn't Florida, it was Texas at the time, but I think it was Florida because that's where he's from. And then he went on recently to become a college football coach and his son is a college football player. Um, so he had his sons go to, two sons, go to Jackson State University where he coached a black college. And um, he coached there for three years. They won, I think, two championships. Um, but, of course, you know, when you go to the black college, as opposed to the white college, especially when it comes down to sports, and when I say white college, I mean big college. Let me call it a big college instead of a white college, right, because it's just, it could be a state college, but it's funded. You know what I'm saying? Unlike right. the black colleges are. You got A1 facilities. You got 20 hot tubs in the locker room for the players. You know, it's a total mm-hmm. different thing, right? So um, he was at Jackson State, and he left to go to Colorado, which is a big-time school, you know. So going from the black college to big-time, prime-time football program in Colorado, a lot of people were angry at him. They he turned his back on the black school, uh, but they didn't look at the fact that he gave up his salary for three years. He didn't want you know take any money from them. Uh, he paid a lot over three million dollars out of his pocket to upgrade some of the academic facilities around the campus, which is way more important than the football facilities, right? And um. After doing all that, he goes to coach a game, and he comes back to the locker room, and they robbed his doggone um, coach's office, stole his Super Bowl rings, a lot of his very, very um, important stuff to him. So he was mm-hmm. fed up with the black college. On top of that, he's not able to get the meetings. He's not able to get the dean and everyone to do what he wants to do to make the school better. So he took the job hot, much more he went from getting paid nothing, getting forfeiting his salary to making six million dollars a year. So he goes up to Colorado and he fires all those white coaches and brings in a whole bunch of black coaches from the black college. And he fires, rips up the scholarships to all the white players and some of them black players that was brought there by the last coaching staff. And they went, they only won one game last year. Uh, and he brings in all these black players from the black colleges, in particular his son. So, you know, everyone's pissed at him, all the all the people in the media, you know, all like ESPN, you know, don't matter which one is. Oh, who does he think he is? Why are they going to lose every game? 
first game they played against the team that was in the national championship last year, and they beat them. So it was like, oh, shoot, you know, damn, you already won one game. They only won one game last year, and he, this week he won another game. So, and they're not even only one. I mean, they went in, he won this game, like, they dominated the other team. This is Nebraska. This is big time football. He, this team beat the brakes off of these dudes. Some bunch of black kids from the projects, you know, that he, he, he mentored all these years. He got to come to this school. How come you're giving these kids scholarships? Oh, yeah. Now, look at it. So now, you know, all these colleges, all these white colleges, is like, we want us to get a Dion. Because he got no problem going to these black kids' houses, talking to the mother, grandmama, sitting down, eating the fried chicken, telling them some stories, getting them to sign that letter of intent, and getting them good black plays. Because now he got a chance to go to the top guys to get them to come to his school. Who you think they're going to go to first? You know? Now at the locker room, he got rappers. He got singers. He got um, ex-football players, all his old teammates. Every game at the locker room coming by to practice. Oh, he's they, oh he's using his celebrity. This isn't going to bring too many recruits in. Yeah, that's what, that's what he's supposed to do. So, yeah, I'm very proud of Deion Sanders, man. You know, and the, um, shutting them down in the interviews, they're kind of like Muhammad Ali-ish, you know what I'm saying? Just very quick on his toes, got to come back for everything. And he got real smart ass, you know what I'm saying? So they can't stand him, and I love it, you know what I'm saying? Did you see um the Brick Date scandal, Bev? <clears throat> I haven't seen anything. What's going on with this? This was a a black female, a suppose of uh, uh, someone claiming to be a black female that got hit in the face with a brick, and mm. she took the camera. Her face was all puffed out. I mean, she looked like she got hit with a pipe a few times in the face. Wow. And she grabbed the camera and she got her phone and she's all these black men standing around and no one helping. So then. The sentiments on social media is black men ain't shit. They should have helped this girl. Now, first thing you notice is she got an accent. She ain't American, right? And all the dudes that she's talking to that surround her, because you hear them in the background saying stuff, but we didn't see what happened. You know, they all got accents. So this isn't us. But Mm. putting their filth on us, right? Because now it's all black men, right? I ain't never seen a chick get hit in the face with a brick. Ain't nobody do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, someone's right. going to say something. Someone's going right. to say, oh, bro, what you doing? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Someone's going to defend. That's like a guy hitting a chick with him. So it just didn't add up to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, she starts to go fund me. And in three days, she's up to $42,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these. Black women are jumping to her defense. It's starting arguments all over the internet, you know, about with black men and black women all arguing. And um, they start showing pictures of her actions in the past, walking up to men. She walked up to some white men, just slapped them in the face, said, that's for reparations, and just start twerking on them, doing dumb shit. So it's like, if you're doing this kind of shit, I can see why someone hit you in the face with a brick. Exactly. Right? But exactly. We come to find out, man, that two years ago this chick did the same thing. 
Same exact mm-hmm. thing. She took she takes saline and injects it in her face so it gets real big. And then puts her on a mask, goes to the club. This is what she did the other night. Goes to the club, but all night in the club, dancing and stuff with the mask on. Total ski mask. Then the only time you see her with her mask off is when she's outside. And all the guys said, she just walked over by us and started filming. Because it never happened. They looked at all the cameras from the club, outside the club. She was in no altercation. All they see her is taking off the ski mask and walking over to those guys and, and pulling her phone out and start filming. All made up. So her, and you she, know, did, so she, and she got that that money. Forty two thousand dollars last time I checked. It with, with all this stuff coming out, that this is fake. The chicks is like, we don't care, we don't believe that that's fake, you know. So they still sit in her money. She might make, she made twenty some thousand dollars when she did this two years ago, and that mm-hmm. was just giving herself a black eye, mm-hmm. and no police report neither time. Someone hit you in the face with a brick. You don't file a police report. He's still over there, and you don't. You're not trying to call police. You're trying to blame everybody else for not helping you. That just didn't mm-hmm. add up to me. So, um, I, I'm glad that came out a lie. They called it the Brickgate scandal, like you know, like Watergate. Um, um, we spoke about this last week. Got brother polite. Um. And speaking of Brother Polite, because I had, I had only been around the brother one time, you know what I'm saying? And I, I kind of from a distance. And Brother got a, a foul odor to him. So I'm on a train today, right? And I'm sitting down the seat by the door. You know, I always sit at that seat because I got, no one can sit on one side of me and I put my legs, so I got the whole two seats to my stuff. You know, I sit by the seat by the door. Uh, it's, it's in the long row, but anyone in New York would know the seat by the door, not one of the homeless people's seats, uh, the seat in the main row, but by the door, right? And this guy comes on and puts his hand up on the rail to hold on, and bad the smell. Oh, my God. I, I started cheering instantly, like, oh, my God. And I looked, and I said, this can't be a brother. But, but I looked at that hairline like, nah, he ain't one of us. We know the odor, you know what I'm saying? Not, we, we don't like stinking, you know, but goodness, man, I had to change seats. It was terrible. Ooh, but that, that was the same feeling I got when I met Father for life, right? So either way, so I see him um, put out a fake video saying that all the sex charges were dropped. See, this is all made up. All I did was took the girl to a party, into a hotel, gave us some drugs and alcohol, but ain't had sex with the girl. You know, that, all those charges was dropped. And then you listen to the mother's testimony. Did you hear the mother, Baz? No, I haven't heard nothing about it. Only time I heard about this is what y'all telling me. Oh, okay, okay. So the mother of um the little girl, who was 14, she gave the, you know, when you're in court and um, the family could talk to possibly get the charges, um, you know, like you get to stand up and tell the person how you feel about what they did. You know what I'm saying? So um, the mother stands up 
and she says, you know, the only reason why I dropped the sex charges on you is because you damaged my daughter so bad. I didn't want her to relive this situation on trial. And you have your high-priced lawyer. And I didn't want her to be cross-examined and treated like she was the person who did something wrong. And she went through how he manipulated her to move down there where he was living and to be in a relationship with him. And um, how he said first time he left, she left him alone with her daughter. He was just taking her to have a talk. She, he disappears with her. He gets her drunk. He has sex with her. He, he, she had um, bruises all over her body. He bruises all inside her, her mouth because he put his hands down her throat trying to make her throw up the drugs he gave her because she was overdosing. You understand? And how when she finally found out where they were and went there and saw her, the condition her daughter was in, how he wouldn't let her leave to take her to the hospital. I mean, it was terrible, bro. I mean, listen, when this dude gets upstate, anyone, I know everyone done heard that tape by now. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's a pretty big case. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable, man. Like, sex, um, sex predator. Like, she couldn't even hold, resist herself. Um, so, yeah. I mean, um, not to, uh, and, and so, that's what he pled guilty to? No, so, like, the, the, the girl dropped all the rape, anything to do with sex charges, she dropped because that would have, he was going to fight that, and that would have required her daughter to go on the scene. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want her daughter. She says, my daughter is afraid to leave the house now. She don't even want to go to school, you know, like, you know, what whatever he did. Oh, it affected him. So, so, so it's affected him. He got all. So he got delinquency of a minor, okay. uh, child abuse of a minor, mm-hmm. um, holding a minor against their will, whatever they call that. Mm-hmm. He also has to do everything a sex, a person that was charged with sex crimes has to go through, which is all the classes, all of the, the counseling to try to fix his problem. So he still has to do all of that. It's just that his lawyer was able to scare the mother that I'm going to damage your daughter so bad on this fourth exam, you might as well just drop the charges. And that, that's what it pretty much seemed like happened. So she dropped those charges. The charges he got is 68 years. But the, the way that the plea bill is made out, he only has to do seven in jail and 10 on probation, if he violates any terms of his probation in those 10 years, he has to go back and do the 61 that's left. You know what I'm saying? But being that she didn't go for the sex charges, he didn't get, like, life in prison, like, to say, Dr. York. You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. pled guilty to the child sex with a minor and all that stuff, so he had to do the 80, whatever years they gave. Um, but with um brother polite it's it's um he was able to evade those charges, so he just gotta do seven years in prison, ten years after that will be on probation, and any violation of probation he has to do sixty one years 
No, and I, I want those and people. He plead, and he pleaded guilty to that to to all that. He pled guilty to everything, but like I said, the child he pled guilty to child endangerment, which they they went through it. They were several abusers. You know, you physically abused the child, gave the child drugs, gave the child alcohol. You know, delinquency of a minor, which is had a minor out after a certain time without permission of the parent. And then he took her to a hotel, you know, so all of those things added up is why he got the charges he got. But he was able to get away with having to plead guilty to uh, first-degree child abuse, I mean, first-degree child molestation. So when he gets out, he doesn't have to register as a sex offender. However, mm-hmm. all of his um, his crimes, the, the counseling um, and everything that's uh, regarded for me, even after he's out, he has to go to counseling for a sex offender would go through. But being that the girl didn't testify against him as he doesn't have to do the sex offender. Um, you know, when he goes to another community, has to go to the board and tell them, yo, I did this and that and see if he could live there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that to me, that sounds like he got that sex offender. He got to go through the process. He might as well have it on there. <clears throat> I agree with you, Bev. I agree with you, but it's not my daughter. You know what I'm saying? This this lady didn't want her daughter to relive the situation, and I don't know what what her life was like before or after. Yo, I got to think, though. You, you, your life got to be bad, because, I, I, like I said, I've been around for, like, once, and the smell was a tro- Like, I could I could and he's not an attractive guy. Like, I don't see, <laughs> what, what you want to be around him for? I don't get it. But um, it was uh, the money at first. It was the knowledge. He was very knowledgeable, and so women are attracted mm-hmm. to knowledge, and just like they're attracted to money. Then, then he got the money on top of the knowledge, and so that even made yeah. him more attractive. Yeah, I'm sure that helped out with um mm-hmm. the money and everything. But I just, you know, I mean, I don't know, man. What was his? I don't know. What was his defense? Huh? I mean, what was he saying about it? Did they had a trial about it? What a trial about what? About with this, he went to trial. Did they have it? Yeah, know, he went before the judge. The ju- they went in, put him in they had a jury trial. No, dude, he played. He played guilty. Played no jury. He did. He played guilty, so he didn't. If he would have went to court. And lost, he would have had to do the 68 years. So he took a plea. Okay. So the plea was seven years, 10 years probation. Since she's not going to testify against me, and without her testimony, you can't technically prove child, uh, you know. But mind you, Bev, her, his DNA is all in her. So DNA oh, in her mouth, DNA, DNA in her clothes, DNA in her, you know what I'm saying? So. You know, it, he gives a whole speech um, the day before he goes to jail. So he mm-hmm. knows he's going to jail because he's taking a plea. So he mm-hmm. throws a party saying she dropped the sex charges. That's, she dropped the sex charges party. But she dropped the sex charges not because you didn't do it, but because she was looking out for the best interest of her daughter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the and the judge makes that very clear. Like this 
you still got to do everything a sex offender got to do, bro. You know, just because she dropped the charges don't mean that I don't forget that your DNA is all in this little girl, bro. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't go past that. So, yeah, you got to do sex offenders for this many years. You got to, you know, he has he has things he has to do while he's in jail, which means that he ain't going to be able to hide the fact that he's a sex offender. And being that he, and this could be the gift and the curse for him, because being that she didn't let her daughter testify and he's not going to jail as a sex offender, you know where he's going, Beth? Right. General population. Hmm. You go in general population, bro. You ain't got no sex charges. Yeah, go let them read your paperwork. Let them read that paperwork when you get up in there. You know what I'm saying? Well they they you know well they gonna But see, he did this to himself. I don't know if the charges is true or not. They say that they found his semen inside of him you know I haven't been following I gotta go back and look but to me you know he was easily he was gonna run into a brick wall because he went to California for one thing messing around he should have stayed out of California out of the Hollywood he in the Hollywood that's not why he went to California where did he go he went to California if you you could go back to Sarnetta's show, okay. Sarnetta calls him. Sarnetta starts calling him Baby Doctor York because his wife's cousin's daughter left, ran away from home to be with Polite, and Polite was presenting her to everyone like this is my daughter. But she right. was a little girl he was sleeping with. So because he of that incident, he had to. Yeah, because all those little girls, only one of them was his daughter. All those right. other little girls, little girls, he was saying was his daughter, but they was having sexual relations. That, that was the play. You know what I'm saying? And the wife was coaching him. You can see that in the interviews. But look at an interview he gives with Jesse Lee Peterson, um, where he has one of those little girls with him. And she said, oh, we, you know, we started messing around at 16. She said she was 16. And the wife is like, <clears throat> no, nah, uh, it was, that's when they met, but they didn't start messing around too much later. Like, you know, you, you start to see the chinks in his armor. So he mm. got ran out of New York. He went to okay. L.A. because he hooked up with the, um, with the, the Crips in L.A. Okay. to protect him because oh. he, he was being ran out of New York. So he got ran out of New York, I think, by the Bloods. Not mm. sure about that. So he goes to to L.A. and hooks up with the Crips. So that's why he's always walking around with security. That's the Crips. But mm. he lied to them. He told them, man, this is all lies against me. Then you turn around and plead guilty. They can't have no affiliation with sex offenders. You know what I'm saying? That's against their um, they whole thing. So he could get done up by them in prison. You know what I'm saying? Because right. they in there, you know, so. Know. He in a bad yeah. situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. all that for what, man? You got all these grown-ass women dumb enough to, to mess around with you. You know right, what I mean? You, you chasing little girls, man. 
It's a sickness, man. You you you're sick. You can't help yourself. You what, what happened saying? to? Uh, do you remember Young Pharaoh? Oh, uh, he yeah, Young Pharaoh is talking hell of shit now. You know he gloating. You know I told y'all about him. You know and yeah yeah, and Young Pharaoh's been doing a lot of videos on it. Okay, because I remember when he first came on the scene, he went right to attacking uh, Polite. Because they did some business, and Polite took his money. So he uh-huh. came in attacking Polite because he went to Polite like, yo, I want to be just like you. And Polite took him in like, yo, okay. You know, and they started. So Young Favreau would come around 125th Street, and he everyone was talking, yo, this kid named Young Favreau is nice, bro. He out there he, he teaching everybody. I'm like, what? So I look at him on YouTube, like, oh, yeah, this dude is cool. Like, he kind of reminds me of a polite, right? At the time, polite's the man. You know, he's, he's the man out there. So, and um, I'm thinking that it was an ego thing because polite's trying to make it seem like, oh, he's just trying to be like me. And, he, you know, he ain't like, you know, like trying to make it seem like he's jealous of him, and that's why. But Farrell had all the paperwork. Ooh, look, look, he owed me $5,000 for this. I gave him. X amount of money for that. He's supposed to get me a deed to a house. He never gave it to me. There was a whole bunch of stuff behind that. But they uh, all they all they all took polite side because Young Farrell's not from New York. So it was like, yo, you got you got got, bro. Get out of here. Yeah, that's kind of how they did him. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I thought Young yeah, Farrell had went back to prison. He not in prison. Nah, he's staying in trouble. He got a lot of sex stuff with him, but it ain't with little girls. But, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, he started making a lot of money. It looked like he started getting messing with some drugs or something because he started, like, really, or alcohol. Could be drunk. You know, he started going live and got kicked off of YouTube for the stuff he was saying. And um, he started buying Lamborghinis and Porsches and stuff and doing that same polite stuff. Flying okay. girls out to have sex with him, um, not following through on his promises he made with them, so they going live. Oh, he said he was going to do this and he didn't do nothing. You know how they do. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was that's his problem right now. But um, it ain't with little girls, so he shouldn't be going to jail. But uh, he did get to go to jail for beating up his um his child's mother, and he did yeah, it on a live. That's why. It was like, yeah. that's why he got kicked off of YouTube, if I'm not mistaken, because he beat her up while he was live, and it was on YouTube, so they can't have violence. You violated right. the 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 rules, so, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other news here, this is in um, actual news, uh, Elon Musk confirms he and Grimes have had a third child, and his name is as unusual as you'd expect. Um, now, if you remember, Bev, he has a children with this rapper, white rapper female named Grimes. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I don't know what she sees in this chick. Cause she, I don't know, but they, they got weird kids. But um, CNN is coming from CNN. Yeah, they real weird. Elon Musk has confirmed that he and former partner Grimes have a third child together and the names as usual as the other siblings. The child is called Kyle 
techno mechanics. Mm-hmm. Technology billionaire vote on a post on X, formerly Twitter, on Sunday. So he's been hiding this kid. This, they had the kid already. This, he's just going public with it now. And Tau, T-A-U, techno mechanics. I said, damn, this kid sounds like he could be a goddamn transformer. You know, like Megatron or something. Like, you know, like, man, yeah, you right, Bab. You said it all. (laughs) So he has three children with her. The first one's name is A, I mean, X, the ether sign, A, X, I, I. The other one's name is Exa, Dark. And S-I-D-E-R, ether sign L, and this one is techno mechanics. So, um, how you pronounce this shit? <laughs> so the other kids that the one with the funny name with the the X ether sign A, um, the what that stands for? How they say it is X ash A twelve. That's the name of the kids. Hmm. X ash A twelve. And the A-12 stands for Archangel 12. That's what that A stands for, Archangel 12, which is a type of, I think, um, engine in a car, an old car or something. But, um, yeah, A X-A-12, that's what they call the kid. And mm-hmm. the other one is with the name um, Exodark, S-I-D-E-R, Ether Sign L, her her name is pronounced Exa Dark Cideril. Cideril, that's how they're pronouncing it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they call her Exa for short, Dark for short, or Cideril for short, but what kind of names are these, man? I, this is some strange shit. Um, yeah, so, they, um, they sound like they probably part, part text and something else. Ain't no telling where, where they come from. Part from the laboratory and part from here and because yeah. he got a um he got other kids, you know, and um I'm trying to find their names. Like he got a set of twins from an older relationship, um, Griffin and Vivian. That's pretty simple, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he got triplets called Damien, Saxon, and Kia or Kai, K A I. So those are from his previous marriage. They had twins and then triplets. And I said, what's um, the chance of that? taking something. She taking there something. They had them triplets just, and then twins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just last September, he revealed that he had twins with that worker of his, right? She's the president of Marvel Link. And those mm-hmm. kids' name is Strider and Azor, mm-hmm. right? So this was him having an affair with one of his um, subordinate workers, but he did. They tried to get him in trouble for that, but you know she never, you know, filed anything, and she's still the president of Norval Link. So I guess she's okay with it. But this dude been making a lot of babies, man. I, I said we gotta start calling him um, Elon Cannon, man. He must be related mm-hmm. to, to Dick Cannon over there, man. Mm-hmm. Just dropping them out, but the names, goddamn. Um, <laughs> Next article, and we spoke about this last week, uh, but I just wanted to add some details to it. Uh, this is from Activist Post. Bill Gates is funding schemes to cut down 70 million trees 
70 million acres, I'm sorry, let me, let me read it from the start again. Bill Gates is funding a scheme to cut down 70 million acres of forest in North America. And, of course, when you, they, they mean um, United States and Canada, right? So in this article, I'm just going to read a little. It says, a carbon cycle. The following text in this section is, the, is extracted from the National Geographic Encyclopedia intended for children between the age of 10 and 13. Carbon is in a constant state of movement from place to place. It is stored in what are called reservoirs. It moves between these reservoirs through a variety of processes, including photosynthesis, burning of fossil fuels, and simply releasing a breath from the lungs. Movement of carbon from reservoir to reservoir is known as a carbon cycle. Carbon can be stored in a variety of reservoirs, including plants and animals, which is why they are considered carbon life forms. Carbon is used by plants to build leaves, stems, which, is, which are digested by animals and used for cellular growth. Okay, so carbon is also what we call melanin, right, Rev? Yeah. Okay. In the atmosphere, carbon is stored in the form of gases such as carbon dioxide. It is also stored in oceans captured by many types of marine organisms. Some organisms such as clams, coral, use carbon to form shells and skeletons. Most of the carbon on plants is contained within rocks, minerals, and other sediment buried beneath the surface of the planet. This is the key sentence. And now this is the important sentence in this whole article. Because the earth is a closed system, the amount of carbon on the planet never changes. Right? Mm-hmm. Because the earth is a closed system, the amount of carbon we have on the planet never changes. So, um, let me keep reading here. The carbon cycle is vital to life on earth. Nature tends to keep carbon levels balanced, meaning the amount of carbon naturally released from reservoirs is equal to the amount of carbon naturally absorbed by reservoirs. Maintaining this carbon balance allows the planet to remain hospitable for life. If the amount of carbon in the planet never changes, then why do you need to cut down all the goddamn trees, bro? It ain't going to change nothing, right? Okay, so the amount of carbon on the planet, they actually have it written here in this article, is 405.40 ppm. Okay, and uh, when it was last tested, which I'm sure they do it every year, but in 2018, the amount of carbon we use is 46.84 ppms. So it's still 350 ppms of carbon that's out there, you know, that we're not using, right? It's just stored. So why mm-hmm. do you need to block out the sun? Why do you need to burn down the trees and burn and bury the trunks? And then I started thinking, what do they call um, trees when they're buried? 
Mm. When you bury the trees, I don't know. They call that fossil fuel. Oh, fossil fuel. fuel. Okay. So you want to go and bury all these trees, and in 100 years, 200 years, I'm sure, you know, his family still have, be around and might be Bill Gates the eighth. You know what I'm saying? All that would be oil. All under the land you own, right? Because mm. that's what it's going to convert to over time. So I thought this was interesting because, yeah, this is a scheme. All for money, if you ask yeah. me. You know? Everything they do um, is about money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this next article also from Activist Post. It's entitled, Could a Robot Be Your Boss? Okay. And I want everybody to think about that. Artificial intelligence may soon supervise human workers. Okay. Can artificial, uh, let me read from the article here. And this is from September 6th, um, activist post. Can artificial intelligence soon be your boss. Researchers from Kuhs Logistics University in Germany believe that AI-supported leadership may actually be on the horizon. Digital technologies have proven essential for effective leadership, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. Communication tools such as Microsoft Teams and Zoom have been indispensable showing digital shift in leadership as well on the way. Many skeptics argue a genuine leadership requires a human touch. They question how can AI motivate employees or foster enthusiasm in a company's objectives. The response to such concerns is simple. Let's go of any romantic notions about leadership. There's a real possibility AI could outperform average human leaders. It's unlikely that AI leader of the future would simply be a chatbot. Instead, envision an advanced system equipped with natural speech akin to Siri or Alexa, possibly appearing human-like in an avatar through VR technology. If an AI is an effective leader, it must cater to the three core psychological needs of employees. One, belonging. Two, mastery and three, autonomy. Exceptional leaders address these needs, but let's face reality. Exceptional human leaders are rare. Many face challenges like stress, inalertness, lack of empathy, and AI with the, capable, with the capability to track and analyze vast amount of data could potentially address these needs more effectively. Okay? AI systems lead into other humans. These human leaders will set the guidelines for AI behavior, and given rapid advancement in AI technology, is crucial to establish guidelines rather sooner rather than later. Okay. Now I read this because it leads me into the the main article I have for today. But uh, question: Can AI be a leader? And when you start really looking at what they've done to the workplace, you know, I don't know how many of y'all work in corporate America, but to have a workplace 
uh, where the employees get to work from home, right? You don't need a human to lead them from home. That can be a computer. Uh, and that does make a lot of sense, right? Because the one group of people at my job, other than me, I'm facilities. I got to be there every day because my job is the site. You know, I'm in charge of the, the security, the furniture, the 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 glass, the ceilings, the, the, the lights, all that's my responsibility. The front, uh, you know, anything go wrong, they call me. But other people who do the coding and stuff, they work from home. The only people that have to come in five days a week are managers, right? All the managers have to come in five days a week because they're the leaders and they're supposed to lead people from the office that's working at home. And it's not worth it, okay? What do you need the managers for? Technically, honestly, you know what I'm saying? They sit in there in their office, lights out, door closed. I could imagine. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So what they're going to do is have Zoom calls all day with people that's working to tell them what, you know? So I could see AI being put into certain leadership positions very right. quickly. Okay. This article, also from September 6th, and I put these two things together. And now this is also from the activist post. Report, 90% of online content may be AI-generated garbage by 2026. Article title, once again, September 6th, activist post. Report, 90% of online content may be AI-generated garbage by 2026. Okay. Um, when legitimate journalists use AI to polish an article they wrote, that's a far cry from wholesale creation of text by AI. As AI rewrites other AI stories, the endless loop will appear. The ability to discern what is real and fake will disappear, further causing a collapse of reality. That's from Technocracy News and Trends. Patrick Woods, who wrote the book Technocracy, and I believe New World Order, too. Uh, great reset, I mean. Uh, a recent report from Europol warns that by 2026, as much as 90% of online content could be generated by artificial intelligence, raising concerns that the web might be even more jammed with useless garbage in the short few years from today. Futurism reports that the recent study by Europol suggests that 2026, up to 90% of online content could be artificially generated. This staggering figure has sent ripples through various sectors of journalism, art, technology, and law enforcement. Synthetic media, as it's called, which refers to content generated or manipulated, manipulated by using artificial intelligence, is not new, it's not a new phenomenon. However, its rapid prolification has raised eyebrows and concerns alike. So let me give y'all some definitions here for our first read. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. I I tried to get some air warnings real quick. Uh, Can you hear me better now? Yeah. Okay, so let me go through the definitions here, right, before I further read. 
uh, when they say synthetic media or online uh, or artificial generated content, and mind you, they said by 2026, 90% of the stuff we see on the web will be this. They mean a few things. So um, a couple of technologies that create this type of content now, one is called text-to-speech, okay? Text-to-speech. The technology that enables text to be converted into speech sounds Imitative of a human voice, right? This is like Siri and Alexa, Bev. Text to speech, right? But when mm-hmm. you write something and then something else says it, just like you voted, that's text to speech. Text to speech, frequently abbreviated as TTS, is software feature that reads text and converts it into a synthesized speech. While TTS sends a lack of full nuance of emotional expression and a human naturally produces, the function is nevertheless remarkably accurate. TTS is capable of converting almost any text-based message into an easily understood verbal message. TTS has found a wide range of usefulness in business applications, particularly in helping teams deliver mass notifications simultaneously across text and verbal communication platforms and with minimal effort and expense. Text-to-speech has a wide variety of uses. How it will be utilized, how you'll utilize it will depend significantly on the result you intend to achieve. Generally speaking, TTS process begins with a written message you prepared. For example, as part of a sales campaign, you paste this this message into the TTS software, which converts the speech to text. After fine-tuning the voice message, for the cadence and the style, you can use the message to generate conventional recorded phone messages receivable through any smartphone, tablet, or regular desk phone. Now, with this TT, this text-to-speech is also what they use there to make the, the fake music, right? Uh, you pretty much take um, a voice, right, Michael Jackson's voice, per se, and you write down the lyrics to a Freddie Jackson song, and Michael Jackson says those lyrics, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And then you can speed it up and slow it down to make it sound like he's singing it, and then you put the beat behind it, and now you have a whole new song where uh, Michael Jackson is singing a Freddie Jackson song, right? And this could also be used from people, right? Because a lot of people are going to say, you might have to say 25 words, right? And the mother, father, into the, to your phone or into your computer, and but after you say those 25 words, you hit something, and it's going to totally mimic your voice. So now your voice recordings and things are all preset using a fake synthesized voice of yours, right? All you did was vote the text they're going to say. So that's, um, you see a lot of YouTube videos now with text-to-speech, right? It's, it's a video. Someone did all the editing and put the pictures there and everything, but they're not talking. It's the computer talking. You get, And this technology, as we know, will get better and sound more human-like over time, more and more. Just like the singing thing, it sounds much, much better now than when it first came out. I heard a, a Michael Jackson cover that blew my mind. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So 
This TTF is synthetic media. This is uh, artificial generated content, right? Next one is text to, that was text to speech. The next one is text to image. Um, text to image model is a machine learning model that takes the out, the input natural language description and produces image matches it, matching that description. Such models began to develop in the mid 2010s as a result of advances in deep neural networks. Text to image artificial intelligence allows you to generate image from scratch based off of the text description. Input any text you could think of and the AI generates surprisingly accurate picture that matches that description. Additionally, the, the image are generated in a range of styles from oil painting to CGI rendering to even photographs, okay? So that's text to image, okay? I write down, yo, I'm, I want uh, the beach uh, with, a, with a horse and, and, uh, and an elf on the horse, you know, and then it's going to create that image based off of the text I wrote there going to have a beach with a horse and a little elf on it. Now, I might not like that horse. I might say, wait up, I want a Clydesdale. So to change that horse to a Clydesdale. And I want the elf to look like one of Santa elves. So to change the elf they put there to one of Santa elves. Then you tweak it around. I want the waves to be coming in on the beach. It puts the waves in. All you're doing is typing what you want it to do, and it's putting that picture there. Okay? We, uh, as I'm going to show you, going to be very difficult for us to tell the difference between a picture that they created, the AI created, and what a human created. Okay, next one is text to video. Okay, so we had text to speech. The next one was text to image, where they just put an image there. Still shot. This one is called text to video. Text to video model is a machine learning model which takes the input, a natural language description, and produces a video matching that description. Text-to-video, or T2V, AI, is an AI-powered tool that converts written text into an engaging video by analyzing the text meaning and generating corresponding visuals and animations. The AI system analyzes the text input, extracting information about the context, narrative, and desired visual elements. It then leverages pre-trained models and algorithms to generate corresponding visual content, such as animations, graphics, characters, scenes, or even complete video sequences. The generated visuals are often designed to align with the descriptive details and creative vision provided in the text. This technology involves several subfields of AI, including natural language processing, computer vision, and machine learning. Here are more detailed breakdowns, right? Well, I'm not going to go through the detailed breakdowns. I'll just give you a brief, anything you type. I want a scene in a movie. I want it to be Detroit, 1970s. I'm working in a car factory. Uh, you know, I'm leaving the job. You know, I'm in a Cadillac. They're going to put all that. They're going to pick a Cadillac from the 70s. They're going to put everything there. They're going to totally have the smoke coming out the car factories like it would have been back then. Totally go through the annals of everything and 
create that scene. And being that this is text to video, that scene could be up to 15 minutes long, right? I was telling someone that you don't need actors and stuff to make videos anymore because this here does it for you, right? Um, mind you, all, a lot of these things come from the gaming industry too. Um, but this here, this text to video is pretty unique, right? Because you can even take uh, animations, right? Uh, they could make cartoon characters. They could make real-looking people, or they could make just some real fake-looking people. But, you know, you could make a scene of a movie. Like if you're trying to make a zombie movie, I, I'm, I need um, zombies to be chasing someone down um, Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles at 10 o'clock at night on Wednesday, March, December, whatever date. Back in the past, they're going to pull up what that city would have looked like on that date, have the zombies running down the street chasing someone, and then you write the next scene. And that's, this, is, this is why they don't need writers. and This is why they're on strike, Dad. What do right. you need them for? Right. What do you need them for? Okay. The next one is, and I kind of hit on it, but this is a totally different. It's called text to animation. And um, text to animation AI tool automates order, animated creation and allows you to produce captivating visuals without any animation skills. Save time, energy, money while delivering outstanding animated content that grabs your attention. Transform any text into captivating cartoons, animated videos, or even NFT animations with cutting-edge AI technology. Okay? So, text to animation, and I see a lot of these videos on YouTube now where someone's talking and there's a little hand with a pencil and they're drawing everything real quick that they're talking about, you know, giving you a nice little a nice little presentation and like as they're talking, the, the, the pencil is drawing the scene and by the time they make their point, you get it in the picture and then they're on to the next point. Very creative, very good tool. Um, but uh, animation, you talk about Jobs in Hollywood again, yeah. uh, Disney, uh, Pixar, um, yeah. Warner, all those companies. Like I, I, I could just say, hey, I need you to draw Mickey Mouse, and it's gonna put Mickey Mouse there. I'll make Mickey Mouse fatter. Yeah, change his clothes. I want him in this outfit. It's just gonna do it. You don't have to sit there and have a person draw that anymore. You know, um, and we have deep fake. Deep fake AI is the type of artificial intelligence used to create convincing images, audio, and video hoaxes. The term describes both technology and resulting in bogus content. Um, deepfakes are often transform existing source content where one person is swapped for another one. And um, this, this content has um, been around for a long time. It's just gotten better with the AI, right? Because um, the deepfake content, which started out as porn bomb, so you can take a porno video and then take your ex-girlfriend's face and put her face on that female in the porno video. And now it looks like you got a video of your ex-girlfriend having sex. Hmm. And then they're able to put that on a video to shame the ex-girlfriend, and it's not even her, right? So, um, you know, they've done this to all the entertainers. Like, you could... You can go to all, any name, just put the name, you know, whoever you find attractive, having sex, they'll have a video of them, 
Now you will it'll look real, but that's not the real person. They they're not in that video at all, but it looks like them, right? So, and also we saw deep fakes with the Obama when he was president. How they would have some of his lips moving, saying one thing, but he wasn't really saying that. You know, you saw that with Trump with the rap song, right? But even right. with the rap song, that was text to speech. That was text to speech, right? Somebody wrote that rap, put Trump's voice. And then they started working with it. He starts rapping, and oh, let me slow it down, let me speed it up. You know, then you put a beat behind it, and you got a song, right? Which charted. I think it was number three on the charts last week. Yeah. So back to the article. Now that you guys know, when I say artificial content or synthetic media, I'm talking about the stuff that is created just by you simply putting some text in the computer, in the computer or the AI program generates whatever you told it to generate. Now you put that up online and um, now that's, you know, that's there, but we don't know if it's real or fake. And then just think about it like this. Um, you can make a, a, a picture. Say you want to make a picture and you want to have the Empire State Building in the background and you, it takes a picture of you at the park and it puts you in, in front of a cab and, the Empire, and it looks real. Right, mm-hmm. and you put that online. Now that's fake. You just contributed to synthetic content, right? Because you uploaded something that a human didn't make. So it's that easily how this is going to be ninety percent of the internet. Because, like we like we see with phone numbers, we don't remember phone numbers anymore. This, this because of the technology, we don't have to. Well, people used to do spreadsheets. People used to do um write letters and make word presentations and do all these PowerPoint presentations and all that. All that stuff now is done by the, the AI, right? No one's right. doing that anymore. You know, you, you who's doing the spreadsheet themselves anymore? You, you know, you just put in what you want to put there and let them do all the work for you, and you can turn that in like, hey, look what I did, and get a, and get a raise, you know? Like, so essentially all this content that we used to create they gave us something now that's going to create it for us, making it easier, and we're all going to use it and to make real content. Could you imagine in 30, 40 years, someone doesn't remember how to direct a movie anymore with a camera themselves because uh, they've only directed movies through the AI. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they, so, uh, let they, me go do, they using this already on, like, TikTok and YouTube mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah, so 2026, they say 90% of the, and I got an article that's going even deeper than this, right? I'm going to get to that. But if 2026, 90% of the content online is going to be AI generated, then we're right now in 2023. What are we going to say? 40% now? 30? You know what I'm saying? It's going to get more every year. So we got three years to get there. So I'll say we're at least at 30% now, maybe next year 50%, maybe 2025. Based off of their thing, we're at 70%, then we're at 90 So that's 20 per year. So right now, 30%, let's just say, of the stuff we're looking at, we we, we thinking it's real, but it's AI-generated. You know what I'm saying? Um, on a daily basis, people trust their own perception to guide them and tell them what is real and what is not. Auditory and visual recordings of an event are often treated as truthful accounts of an event. But what if these medias can be generated artificially? 
adapted to show events that never took place, to represent events or to distort the truth. The report also raises the existential questions for artists, writers, and other content creators. In a world increasingly dominated by AI-generated content, what is the role of humans' creativity? Will artists and writers adapt to the new landscape, or will they be overshadowed by the algorithm that can produce content at scale? Dwight Bart News previously reported on Amazon removing AI-generated garbage books which falsely use real names or authors. Decrypt reports that when the professor, Jade Freeman, discovered her books she didn't write being attributed to her on Amazon, she met with initial resistance from the e-commerce giant, which did not want to remove the bogus titles from sale. From sale. Um, the titles which Friedman referred to as garbage books. Friedman complained to Amazon um, was initially met with a refusal to remove the listings as she could not prove that she owned and trademarked her own name. Freeman claimed that after admitting she was unable to demonstrate her ownership of the trademark for her own name, Amazon told her the books will stay available for purchase. So imagine I'm Thomas Smith, the world-renowned author, and I write some books in their bestsellers, and you know, I you know I'm I'm known around the world. I'm I'm like the Ernest Hemingway or something. You know, I'm everyone knows me for my writings. You know, I'm a prominent person. And one day, I got this email saying, "Yo, I don't like your new book." I'm like, what new book? They say, "Oh, you just wrote a book." I'm like, where? Say it's on Amazon. So I go to Amazon, and I find that someone wrote a book, and they attribute it to me. Hmm. And I'm like, "Yo, that's not my book." No. I'm not getting paid off of this, and, you know, who's going to use my name? So I call up Amazon, like, yo, that's not my book. Y'all using my name? Y'all saying I wrote it? Y'all got my picture on the back of it? Take that out of y'all website. And they say, oh, no, that book's for sale, bro. We we going to make money off that book. And you say, yo, but that's not my book. That's not our problem. Prove to us that you own the name Tom Smith, and we'll give you the book back. But until then, we're going to keep the book for sale. So now you got people writing books that say Thomas Smith, but Thomas Smith didn't write them, right? You know what I'm saying? So this is the danger in that. Okay, next article here is talking about the same thing. AI versus human study can consumers tell the difference between AI and human-generated content. Unless you're living under a rock, there's no doubt you heard about artificial intelligence and its effect on society as we know it. Tools like ChatGPT, Copy AI, and DALI are revolutionizing how people work, create, and live their everyday lives. Businesses around the world and globe are examining ways to keep. They can use AI to increase productivity, capitalize on market share that they did not initially think was possible, improve overall operations. But with pioneering any new technology, it has drawbacks. Okay, so let's let me find these polls. I don't want to do nothing but go straight to the polls. Under artificial intelligence umbrella are more specific technologies like speech recognition, language, natural language processing, and machine vision. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, now when they say machine vision, remember when they gave the chat GPTI, 
and now was able to see and describe what it seen. This is the machine vision, and what we've been doing is training it. So now it's looking around our room and explaining, oh, that's a this, and that's a desk, and that's a that's a, uh, a closet, and that's that. And you're telling, no, you was wrong about this. You're training it. You're teaching it. Okay? Details of the study. There are questions regarding AI's efficacy and uh, what our study is about. Survey participants from various age groups were shown a set of e-commerce images and copies. These sets consisted of AI-generated elements and human-generated elements side by side based on identical fonts. Questionnaires were submitted only to those participants who claimed to be moderately familiar with AI. These users are broken down into the following demographic categories. They had 1,000 people partake in the study. 412 of those people were men. 588 were women. 12% of those people were between the ages of 18 and 24. 26, 24, I mean 24.6% were between the ages of 25 and 30. 26.7 were between the ages of 35 and 44. 15.8% were between the ages of 45 and 54. And the leftover 20% were over the age of 54. Respondents were shown the images and copy sets and asked to select which one they thought was AI generated and real. Since one of the AI's current drawbacks is generating pictures of humans, we made sure not to use human images as part of the study. It would be too easy for them to identify them. Okay. First picture. Respondents could identify the AI-generated content approximately 54.64% of the time. So 54.6 or 55%. So they showed, well, let me just read, of course, the demographic groups, respondents could identify the AI-generated content only about 54.6 of the respondents seemed to struggle with a set of bicycle images. Most participants selected the orange bike as the AI-generated bike when it was actually the human-generated option. So they showed two bicycles. One of them is a white orange bicycle. It looks like a a 10-speed mountain bike, and the other one is like a swing, an old-school swing bike. And they put those images right next to each other. And it's hard. The, the, they both look real to me. I would have picked the orange bike because the way the pedals look. But the, so the, I can see that the orange bike is like in a wheelie, like it's doing a wheelie. So why people would choose the other bike because it's just sitting like a regular bike. Um, but, you know, only 54.6% of the people got this right, which is scary. So that meant that 46% of the people got it wrong. So that's almost half of the people in the country would have said that that bike was real and that bike wasn't, and it's the opposite. And you can kind of see how this AI-generated content is going to cause problems. And this is not with the 90% that's predicted by 2026, right? This is just with the small percentage we have now, okay? The next picture they have is a refrigerator shampoo images. Now, these two images, one with the refrigerator, 
the Senate of People picked the AI-generated refrigerator over the real picture of a refrigerator, right? They thought the AI-generated picture was real. And 51% thought that the shampoo, shampoo on a counter in two different pictures, 51% of the people picked the fake one over the real one. So that's showing you where you have, in these instances, more people picking the fake picture over the real picture. The second one they gave, younger respondents could more accurately identify AI-generated content. And it has a graph here. One of the most interesting trends emerged from our survey is younger respondents seem to better be better at distinguishing the, L, the AI from the human element. Participants, participants in the 18 to 24 range bracket answered correctly 61.29% of the time. Okay, so they did much better. The younger you were, the better you did on this, um, this test, right? But that ratio dropped for people that's age 24 to 34. Falling further for people that's age 35 to 44, with them only getting the Kings correct 53% of the time. And for people between the ages of 45 and 54 age bracket, their accuracy dropped to only 50.8% of the time. So as you see, everything as you're getting older, uh, you're, you're more susceptible to find to not be able to distinguish the real from the fake. Of course, the young people who work with this stuff all the time, they're going to be much better at it. So remember that. Um, number three here, AI-generated copy is more likely to be correctly identified as AI-generated content than images. <clears throat> okay? And when they say an AI-generated copy, that's something that the uh, the AI copied, and, but just made it different. So if I have a picture of chocolates on a table with a red bowl, the AI copies that picture, and they just take the red, the red bowl and make it a pink bowl, and they take the table and make it a fireplace. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's sort of like that. It's easier for our participants to spot AI-generated copies they spotted them at 57.3% accuracy. Then the AI-generated images, which they only spotted at 53% accuracy. This may have to do with the tone and the structure adherent to the writing. So a copy is something that the AI made. We're able to tell 57% of the time, oh, that's fake. But when the AI just makes it from scratch itself, we're only able to tell that's fake 53% of the time. So that's a big problem. It, actually, 57% of the time is bad. You should be able to tell this stuff 100% of the time. AI-generated images are harder to detect than AI-generated copies. Responders to our survey also found it easier to identify AI copies than AI images. The short, blunt writing style of AI bots may be easier for individuals to spot. It has a lot less emotive language and is often overtly to the point. In fact, it's directness to a fault. On the other hand, it's more difficult for survey participants to accurately select the AI images. Over half, 
of survey takers thought human-generated shampoo bottles were created by AI. And um, we just went through that. So we're doing bad with this now. This isn't even at 90% yet. You know what I'm saying? And the last article I had on this, and this one is from um, Vazel, V-O-Z-V-O-O-Z-L-E. And this is an old article. This is from October 25th, 2020. Now, notice all the articles I just read from is quoting that 90% of the people of the content on the Internet will be AI generated by 2026. This article, which came from 2022, so this is before ChatGPT. That came out earlier this year. This article is entitled 99.9% of content will be AI generated by 2025. Does anyone care? So this one's actually pushing it up a year. Instead of 90%, it's saying 99.9%, which means only 0.1% of people will, um, will be making stuff. Everything will be done by these bots. Um, where AI bots can auto-generate unlimited amount of synthetic content for virtually free, everything about the way the Internet looks and everything about the way we access information will change. Moreover, it will become impossible to find identity, um, identify human-created content for, in an infinite sea of robot-created articles, books, movies, videos, or images. Um, already, most people cannot tell the difference between human-created content and AI-created content, as we just showed in that um, article I just went through where they actually did the test. Um, it also creates terrifying questions. Even if we can certify content, it's human-made, perhaps with blockchain technology. Will people in the future even want to consume man-made writings and videos, or will they prefer the AI-generated content, okay? Now, keep in mind, we've been talking about this blockchain for years, right? That's your Bitcoin, chain, all those things. Well, to me, this is what it was really created for, not for money, to be able to authenticate what you created. If I create something, now, I could put it on the blockchain, which gives me the proof that I created it. A uh, robot can't do that. So this is, to me, what the blockchain was actually created for. And also what this is showing me is that this is actually going to be the metaverse. It's not going to be a virtual world. It's going to be the real world going through all this synthetic content. It's not a synthetic world. They're going to create a synthetic world in the real world, and that's going to be a metaverse, you know, but that's a whole nother, whole nother theory. I might have to have Ramon come on to do a show with me about that. Um, but eventually most TV shows, movies, music will be auto-generated, and they will be more interactive, infinitely more entertaining and addictive. Imagine you want to remake a classic movie like Casablanca, but this time it's starring Brad Pitt. Simply ask the AI 
and it will spin up a brand new version of the movie tailored to your preferences, complete with the plot and storyline adjustments to reflect an updated social values and the worldview uh, that the AI wants to promote to you. Finally, frighteningly, the AI-generated content of the future will be so interesting and so addictive, you won't care about it being fake. You won't care about it promoting a worldview that you don't agree with. For many people and children, consuming this content will be a lot more fun than spending time with human friends and family in the real world. <clears throat> if you thought your smartphone was addicted and bad, wait until your smartphone entertains you with um, the scientifically engineered content that is custom tailored to trigger your pleasure, addiction, dopamine, and entertainment buttons. Okay? So let's take Casablanca out. Let's just say a movie we all know and love, right? We black people. We all love coming to America. Okay? Eddie Murphy, it was filmed in the 80s. Could you imagine now you want to do Coming to America, um, but let's just say you want Kevin Hart to be Eddie Murphy, you know, and you want um, um, Dave Chappelle to be Arsenio, you know, and so you take out those characters and just swap them with those characters. So now you watch the movie again, and it's like watching a whole new movie, right, even though it's the same movie, right? So this is going to make it more addicting, right? Because now, you know, you can even flip it to the point where, okay, well, let's just say I want them to, to make it more modern to, like, today's standards, right? So instead of the cars from the 80s, they're going to have cars from today in the parking spots. Um, the streets are going to look more like they do today. As you know, over 30 years, 40 years, the cities have changed a lot. <clears throat> so I think that... Um, when you start thinking about it from the perspective of uh, how addictive we are to social media and our phones, imagine with the media that we always consume. Imagine when you can um, watch a football game and um, after the game goes off, you want to watch a replay of the game and you want to put a player, you want to put Jim Brown in the backfield. You know what I'm saying? Instead of whoever's in the backfield of, you know, you want um, Tom Brady to be your quarterback or you want, you know what I'm saying? And you could have that, you know, which in my opinion is going to be the end of sports because the video games look so good now that you can't tell the difference. Um, but that was all I had on that, Bev. Did, did, did you get mm -hmm. a better understanding of what I meant by synthetic media or yeah. uh, artificial generated content and how easy mm -hmm. this is going to be um Employed to us. Yeah, and, and to me, it's like, how is people going to make money? I mean, you know, Excel, how, how, you know, like now people, you got people that can make millions of dollars, thousands, hundreds, thousands of dollars. But then if you got AI doing everything, how is it that people can be successful? Now, they don't seem to be worried about people, Beth. You know, so but um, I will say, I will say, if you have, um, if you got the imagination to put Trump's voice 
over a rap song and put a beat to it and sell it, and they allow you to make money off of that, then that's the new creators. People okay. who do stuff like that. The person who said, man, I'm going to have Michael Jackson singing Rick James' song, and it actually sounds good, and you and people want to buy that from you. You know, like, that's okay. the new money, but it's just like when the internet came, it's like, man, when everything goes online, and remember it was it was said, hey, man, it's going to end all the stores. You're going to buy everything on the computer. It was, it was like, man, this is going to be crazy when this happens. And now we're seeing it. Things still happen. You know, life still went on. So I think that's what's going to happen with this. We're just going to adjust to it. And new right. industries will form out of this. You yeah. know, new industries is going to form out of this. Okay. Yeah, like Kwame always say, the divine is more powerful than the artificial. So it's going to, mm-hmm. so like you say, we're just adjusting with our creativity, and it's just going to assist us in our creativity or enhance it. And, then, and that's the best way to use it, right, as an assistant to your creativity without right. giving up your creativity because what's going to end up happening to the next generation who only had this, they're not going to be creative at all, right? Mm-hmm. So there we go back to our show we did on Generation Alpha. Generation Alpha is the alpha generation because they're the last generation to remember life before this. So they're going to have still creative. They're still going to be creative. They're still going to be the alphas, right? They're still going to be able to think for themselves. Generation Beta. Yeah, in my opinion, that's all the kids going after the chat GTP came out in October. I mean, not mm-hmm. October. It came out in February of this year. Those kids are never going to know life being creative for themselves. Their whole life, they had a tool that did the creating for them. So they're going to be the beta generation. You understand the alpha mm-hmm. versus the beta, you know, the alpha generation is still going to be creative. They're still going to have a memory of life before the AI, before that. They're going to die out. They'll, they'll die out, but, um, you know, everybody's going to die. But right. they, don't plan on, they don't plan on people dying now. When we did the human enhancement, they're just going to mm-hmm. upload your ass into another goddamn body. You know oh, what I'm okay. saying? A synthetic body, but it's still going to think and act like you. That's what their plan is. I guess they'll, you know, uh, but as for, as for the, the future, it's just going to be, it's going to be just like um, when you used to have to type a paper, you know, you used to have to know how to use a typewriter. Then, the, you know, once the computer came, you could make mistakes, you know what I'm saying? You could erase the whole page, go back, read. You couldn't do make no mistakes with a typewriter, right? You go one letter messed up, you could probably erase that one letter with, with a backspace, but that was it. You know what I'm saying? So we forgot how to type now, right? We don't even spell the shit right. We forgot how to spell. The spell check spells yeah. for us now. That's right. right. Uh, I, I write something and then I just go back and it tells me all my spelling and grammar errors. You know, put a comma here, put a semicolon here. And I just hit, okay, 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 okay. I'm not even thinking, like, I, I once knew how to write the damn sentence right. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, I don't need to know anymore. So 
you know, F it. You know, I'm just going to let it fix it for me. I know I spelled it wrong, but I'll go back later. It's going to correct it. I don't even think about it, you know. So it's going to be like that with everything right. we do, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to give them a lot of – it's going to make them super smart. Now, they're going to be dumb losing some smartness on one hand, but, hell, we're going to be looking at them like, how you made that do that? You know what I'm saying? We're going to be impressed by the stuff they're doing with it. You know, we're you know, we going to wish we knew it. That's why I'm trying to learn it. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Okay. Well, let me uh, let somebody in. Let me let um, Kwame hand this up first here. Kwame? Oh, Captain, better love. <laughs> oh, Captain, okay, better Kwame. love. And Sister Bear. You know, yes. that's excellent what, what he's given us the information and what technology is moving to the the next two generations. But you're looking at, you know, what the one part you said about being bosses. You know, we, we're looking at how technology can be due to create art, to create content of film and entertainment. But would you walk into court with a robot lawyer and a robot judge? And if you had, if if Pilot had to go into court, just just put the scenario that he didn't have a physical lawyer. He went had a, he had to have a robot lawyer going to a robot judge. Would you think that case would have came out the same way? The other part we're looking at is, yes, technology is good for creativity and creating artificial content, but when it comes to real life, you wouldn't take your loved one to a, a, an AI funeral home where you, you the body comes in and they, they, the robot, they, they dress the body up using the 3D and all the stuff that they use in technology. The thing that we're looking at is AI is good for one part, but the human part is where we're doing. The divine intelligence looks at, you know, I wouldn't go and, and, and be sitting in a chair next to a DA computer having a, a, a prosecutor computer and an and a, and a artificial intelligent judge sitting there on screen. So the thing that we're looking at, yes, we have technology, but the human factor still has to do. If you got hit by a car and the ambulance rolled out, you wouldn't want a robot rolling out the back of the ambulance coming over and looking at you and, and pointing down and trying to figure out what's wrong with you. But see, I could kind of, I could kind of see, just like the next generation, the next two generations, they not going to know. See, like Tugmo say, we see the before and the after. Like the generation before me, I can't imagine not having a telephone but and a television, but they remember not having a telephone and a television. And so the, uh, the generation coming, they're going to be raised. This all they're going to know is AI judge and the AI attorney. No, they don't. They, but see, the corporations, you're looking at something. You work for okay. a major corporation, Tutmos. That person sitting in that office 
has people working on computers, but that human being is what makes the decision for that corporation. BlackRock and Vanguard, yeah, they use computers and they have the people, but it's the humans. Bill Gates still does the things that he does in the human factor using. Elon Musk is the human that's using the technology to to name his kids all of these names and give them all of this stuff. But it's still the human factor. The divine factor is is that there are certain things we can use artificial, but we still got to go back to the divine because, you know, an artificial undertaker or you're talking about a, a judge and, and a DA and lawyers, you, yeah, they do some surgery technology, but can you imagine and, and your wife going in to have a baby and this this computer is trying to figure out what how to deliver your child. Opposed to a midwife, we, we, we remember or a doula. We talk about we talk about two different things. Um, I'm talking about this. Yeah, you're you're, you're talking of, about you're talking about um what should happen, right? But that's no, not I'm what's saying, Right. I'm not so what should the happen. the point. The the, let, 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 let me make the point. Let me make the point. The human part of the whole thing is where they have the problem at now. That's going to get better. Uh, but I don't want a robot coming to save me out of a car accident. But my kids might, they might say, shit, that robot, he might have medical training and all types of stuff. He, I want the robot to save me. So it, it's not for us when I say that. Like um, at your age, at my age of 46, it's not for me. This is for the children being born today, uh, a la Generation Beta and Alpha. We're going to, they, they're not um, weighing us into this stuff. We, we remember a time before, we're just going to have to adjust to it. But the kids, they, they're not going to know any better. They're not going to remember a time when humans did that. And they might see it in a movie and say, damn, humans used to do that? You know, so, you know, that it's, it's going to be one of those instances, but it, it's the divine intelligence that you're talking about. They're not, they, these aren't divine people. They're not worried about that. They're not going to stop what they're doing because of divine intelligence. Okay, and, and I'll give you an example. My mother, when she was a little girl, was sitting with my papa, who is my great-great-grandfather sitting with him on the porch and he said he told her what he says baby you know one day y'all gonna be able to see all around the world and talk to each other he foresaw that he was born in slavery time and and to that part in being able to sit there as that old man saying that this is he foresaw that this is what's going to be the world for for you and your children and what we, I'm saying this is, is that in our indigenous way, we look at and our elders tell us is that what you think and do should be for seven generations. This is what you're, you're saying. In seven generations from you, who knows what they will be doing, but the part of the humanness is still there. Just like we're, we're looking at test tube babies. And they're, they're artificial wounds and, and all of this part of creating the, 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 the human that you want, the transhuman that you want now. That's the part of looking at it. 
but it's still going to have a part of the divine intelligence. This planet, like you're saying, those said those hundred thousands of acres that buildings is cut down because you're talking about the carbon base. The whole thing is that, yeah, the, we're breathing air that the first humans was breathing on this planet. We're re- recycling the same air. That's the gist of what is, 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 is the divine intelligence. It's able to recycle that same air. It is no new air. Trees grow and, and reproduce and the carbon base because you just gave the data on it. It's in a bubble. We're breathing the same air. So I'm 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 foreseeing yes futuristic, but it's all it's all gonna still be built with divine intelligence. Yes, we may get off this planet and go to Mars and go to this other wherever they want to go. That's part of the journey. But the part of it is is that it's the being that's doing it, and those beings that's coming in seven generations will be the process of divine intelligence. So do you think that they're cutting down how many divine intelligent, you know, where it's a handful of people running everything, just like now, like they say the 1% and the Rockefellers and Bilderbergs and stuff like that? I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that. And the part of it is, is that there are scientists right now saying that the wood wide web and the trees that they surveyed around the planet with the exception of part of Africa and some parts of Asia, that there are over 13 trillion trees on these continents. Yeah, they can take them down and do that, but when they take it down, nature's going to regrow, unless you do what we do now. New York City was trees. They cut all the trees down, put asphalt down, covered up the dirt, built buildings on top of it. They covered it up. That's why they call them concrete jungles because all they did was just created a, a man's jungle instead of what the original jungle was. The Big Apple used to be the, the oyster capital of the world. They toxified the water so bad that all the oysters died out. Yeah, and yeah, what? Right. Yeah, well, I lived. It was a forest, and they cut the trees, all them trees down, and start building houses. Right. Mm -hmm. Let me let me uh, let me add somebody else to the table here too. Six two six eight three three. Peace, peace. Better love. Go ahead, you lie. Six two six. Okay. I don't know what happened to six two six. We can't hear you. Go ahead, uh Kwame and Tugnos. Yeah, I just think that the um the poach that needs to be taken with this is to learn how to use it so that we don't um we'll be masters of it when it hits. You know, we we'll already be in the midst of it and we won't be behind like we were behind when the other technologies hit. Like we for the first time we got access to the same thing 
that the richest people in the world have access to, you know. Now, what you were saying earlier with the uh, and Kwame alluded to this, yeah, with one person now with the AI, they don't need uh, all the um, other managers they once had, right? The AI can manage those spots for them. You just need one person now. You, a company could essentially operate itself with just a CEO and no other, um, all the employees are just being managed by, um, um, you know, artificial intelligence that they program. This is what I want these people to do. If they're not doing this at this time, then let me know so I could reprimand them. You know, so the uh, once again taking jobs, right? Because we, you know, management jobs wasn't one of the thirty jobs when we did the show on it, Bev. That wasn't one of the jobs I need, but now we can add management. You know, because honestly, for everyone working from home and one person working from the office managing all of them. Using GPT, what do you think GPT is doing? But learning their job, you know, they they training their replacement. You know, that's what we're seeing right now. So I can see a future where they they eliminate human workers because, you know, if you get rid of all the human workers, then you won't have any of the human problems. You know, the humans will just take out their problems at home. You know, and um, that's honestly where I see them going. Now, for regular jobs, they brought in a whole uh, litany of workers that work for damn near nothing, right? That's all these migrants they have here. Every city that they're in is asking them to ask Biden for them to be given their work papers so they can work, you know, whatever they got to do to make it able for them to work without a, a U.S. citizenship. They're asking for him to do it. So he's obliging all of them. So this is your new workforce. Why would they pay? Uh, someone minimum wage, uh, which is I think fifteen dollars in New York now. Why would you pay someone minimum wage to do a job when you could pay someone nothing because they they already eating and living for free, so you just paying for your room and board. You know what I'm saying? So you know I could see that you know really being the nail in the coffin for jobs. You know the, all these migrants. They'll take the jobs, but they'll be like artificial intelligence to us, and we ain't going to pay them no attention. Let me ask this question. And, and the immigrants, and, and the part of it is that the majority of them are male, and the part of them is once those immigrants take those, those jobs and they begin paying taxes, does that give them the right to vote? I don't think so, but... Who knows what they'll write in the law? I don't. As far as the Constitution goes, they don't. They cannot vote. Um, so I would think that if they're going to be given the right to vote, it would go before the Supreme Court. Um, but I do think that they will um, try to um, cheat by giving you know some of them you know the ability to vote. Uh, but that's the good question, Kwame. I don't have the answer to, and that's what Trump is saying is wrong. Is that giving these people driver's license now so they can work and they can get to and fro. Now, not only are all these people going to be on the roads, right, being maybe dangerous drivers, right, but on top of that, um, you know, now they got a driver's license. What if they go in, five for a voting registration, work, vote for them, um, 
you know, what you call that, that ballot where you're not going to be in the state, you know, but you want to vote anyway. Ab- abs- you know, absentee. Absentee ballot. Yeah, get absentee ballot and vote based off of their ID. So what system is in place to keep that from happening and what punishment is is out there for those who get caught doing that? You know, it has to be but some the- type of punishment to make sure that they don't do that, but that's the Democrats' plan, I think, is to get all these people, as many of these people that they they can vote, to vote. But the other part in looking at something, the majority, and I've been watching what's coming up in New York, and the majority of them are males, men, and, mm-hmm. and at a young age, like school age, I mean, a little teenagers and young adults. The thing that's mm-hmm. looking at it is, if they get a driver's license, they can go in the military. Yeah, they definitely can go in the military. And, of course, you know, that that's the perfect place where they want to put them. You know what I'm saying? It won't be the first time that happened. Now, remember the Irish. The Irish came here, got off the boat. They said, hey, come over here. Put your name on this piece of paper. Okay, you're going down south to fight in the war, you know. So, you know, any time they bring a lot of people over here in masses, it's for military purposes. They don't do anything that's not military-minded, you know. If they didn't feel right. like they could control right. these people, they wouldn't have them here. Right. And so we don't know what the plan is, but the thing is is that they need that excess, those, those excess bodies because the ones that are now today are not looking at going and doing what they know that war is about and what this country does in the military. You get someone that doesn't know and think that, uh, you know, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, since I come out of this, this, this South America, I come out of the jungles, and now I'm coming in and I'm going to be an American and I'm going to have, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which is the illusion. Even so the thing what, with Texas. So what Texas army are is, they fighting for? Are they fighting on the side to take down America? Or are they fighting, going to be fighting on the side with America? Well, the part is they're here, so they're going to fight to protect it because this is better than where they came from. Where they came from, okay. Yeah, they, and being in the military gives them automatic citizenship, right? So when they get home... Their citizens, their wife, kids, you know, their kids is probably already citizens if they come over pregnant. So their wife now could stay. So they, a lot of them are going to take that chance to go fight in this war for citizenship, you know, and, and um, if there is a war, you know. And, um, you know, I could see that happening, man, if they let, allow them to join the military, you know, and as this whole thing with Russia keeps heating up, if they, if they really plan on having a world war with Russia and China, then you're looking at a whole group of people that's going to be going over there as cannon fodder. And and the thing about it, China has so much, so their billions in their population, they can send half a fourth of their population with their military and, and it'd be over what we could even have as military. Mm. Yeah, yeah, China has a lot of soldiers for sure. Um, but that, now, that I heard, be... I heard on mm-hmm. November the first that um, China and and 
the bricks or them, the new money coming in, is that going to affect us or is that going to happen? If they're bringing in on the new gold-based money, yeah, that's going to have uh, effects on the dollar. It won't It won't show. The dollar is still going to be powerful for years to come, but, you know, that slowly going to start decreasing the, do- the dollar's value. If they backing theirs with something of value, we, we're backing ours with bombs and bullets, you know. Who would you rather do business with, the people I'm going to get gold from or the people I'm going to get hope from? You know what I'm saying? Because so, somebody, um, yeah, some people were saying that it is going to be like one of their dollars, it would be 50, 50 of our dollars to one of their dollars. So that would just and, make prices crazy. Yeah, but the other part, too, and three-fourths three of a pound of cotton and 25% linen is what a dollar is made from. It's not pay, it's not tree. It's made out of cotton, mm-hmm. and this is mm-hmm. the material that they take to make a dollar bill. And so now cotton is losing its value. It's no longer the white gold that it used to be with American ink print on it. Yeah, the dollar, the cotton industry is. Um, uh, we did a show years ago, right? Um, we was talking about uh, surveillance capitalism, and I was showing how each reset, the, the dollar changes, right? So this, when you had the first um, industrial revolution, we went to war with Britain. The United States went to war with Britain, and that's your revolution every war. That the first revolution. The second revolution was the Civil War. Right after the Civil War. You had a, a new industry come out of nowhere called um, textiles. That was the biggest industry in the world for years, textile industry. That brought the United States to, to be the world power it became. And a dollar became a textile, right? That's your cotton and linen dollar. That's a textile with the writing on it. None, none different than clothing. Or, or, you know, with a logo on it, you know, your your Gucci bag, textile, you know. So the dollar is a textile, you know. Once they move from um, to the third reset, which came after World War II, by the 1950s, they gave us a new dollar because petroleum became the new king industry. So the new dollar was made out of petroleum, which was a plastic card. Plastic is petroleum, made out of oil. So that's your credit system. And now you're moving into the electric. Electricity is going to be the new um, king industry of the world. Green energy, however you were able to produce it without without creating more carbon, right? Even though we know that you can't create more carbon, but that's how they're running their game. Uh, the green energy, that's why all the money is going to be digital because it's going to be made out of electricity. You know what I'm saying? So that what they're doing is they've got to kill that old system at some point. Now, the system that they, existed before the textile dollar, that's gold and silver. That system's always going to be in place because that has a value. And that's what we're seeing um, Russia and China, Brazil, India try to go back to. Um, but to me, it's going to fail. That's going to fail drastically, that BRICS. But what 
and that's an excellent example because I got a presentation I call Pick It or Click It. And that's why I said it takes three-fourths of a pound of cotton and 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 25% linen to make the, the, the sheet that you use to print a dollar. And you, you shared it because the biggest thing that happened was textile because of the thread that they were able to, to bind together to make the fabric. And even in that, and through mm-hmm. the age, you went, you went up, and then you said, okay, the revolution, it, they, they took out the Confederate dollar and put in the greenback dollar. Then it became, in 57, it became, in God we trust, the fiat. Okay, and then we came to the plastic. And now we've come to technology, which is technology runs to what? Fiber optics. Both of them are using fiber. One, agricultural and cotton natural fiber, where technology uses fiber optics, which is glass. It's the same, it's the same business. So they just modified from cotton to another natural resource is fiber. Fiber optics is what they drop the cable to connect every country to. It's through fiber optics. The same thing yeah, now, because so. texting, textile and texting, what 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 is it? Clicking and picking. You you pick cotton to make textiles. You 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 changed it and you made technology, and and to do what? Texting. Now the new textile king is going to be him. That's why they uh, changed the law. Half the country has legalized marijuana. The hemp production is growing drastically, and that's going to replace a lot of the cotton. Uh, they're going to go with the hemp-based clothing line. You see it. You see it a lot of them. Uh, even like the the major weed companies, if you go to their websites, they got clothing sections where you know clothing with their logos and stuff, all made out of hemp. So uh, that's going to be. Um, you know, one of the key things, the new textiles that's coming out is uh, going to be that, that hemp. And that, that has a lot of a lot of other uses, too. That's uh, going to be a huge industry if you're growing it and if you can market it. Um, but the cotton industry, they moved out of the United States years ago, right? I think the number one place where cotton Levi is made, Strauss. I think it's uh, the number one country that cotton is made now is India, I think, or, or if it's not India, it's China. Uh, uh, but yeah, that that whole industry is. Um, but what's the most expensive? For a long time. What's the most expensive sheets you can buy? Cotton sheets. I, I believe Egyptian um, cotton. There you go, because Egyptian pool. cotton, Egyptian cotton is the finest thread. See the Chinese use the moth to make silk. The Egyptians mm-hmm. made the fine what they did was Egyptian cotton. That's why it's, it's the quality of Egyptian cotton is the highest of thread. Because but that's that's still, modern though, right? That's modern, right. And and the Yeah, because Egyptians didn't with, have cotton in, in history. Yes, they did. That comes from the United States. No, it came from Egypt. Cotton, the cotton seed you say comes from Egypt? Came out of Kemet. Hot, that, that's what they grew. They grew cotton. I never see that before. 
Why do you think that they were able to make all the dressing and attires that they did for the pharaohs and, and all the people there, they, they used the cotton? It wasn't, it wasn't looked at as, as the, the, the wealth of what we did with it. But that's where it came So you're telling me that ancient Egyptians have cotton on? Yes. And I don't see it. Show me a picture. Send me a picture of an ancient Egyptian with a cotton outfit. I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I believe cotton. You have to go to modern times, like fourth century, probably, probably in that region. But definitely, the ancient Egyptians was using some type of linen. That's why they had those tonga dresses, a lot of animal prints. What is linen uh, made from? Their linen was made from. Man, I used to know all this. I looked this up before. Hold on, I'll tell you in a second. Uh, we're getting ready to go to the phone line, so if you want to continue to listen to the um, conversation, you can call 323-642-1586. Push number one. If you have a question or a comment, thank you for listening. Yeah, I, I I just got to wearing linen. I don't got to wearing cotton. Linen from the flax seed, but not from cotton seed. Now that's totally different time frame, you know. But I could be wrong. I'm going to have to look it up again. But it was made out of some because they got, it's no it's no cotton in, in um, Europe, even in the, the, the 14th century. The kings got on wool and they got on all kinds of animal stuff. Yeah, it's not mass production of cotton in the United States. But, um... Yeah, I, I definitely don't got them wearing no cotton in Egypt. Ancient Kemet, I don't, I don't have that nowhere. But a lot of people do that with ancient Kemet because that's the outer Africa theory. Everything first came from Africa. So they'll say that um, like 700 foods, seeds of food that they have in Africa, 649 of them came from the Americas. So the, I mean, they only got 51 of the food seeds that they actually had. All that stuff come from over here, and they grow it over there. But you know, they don't got none of that stuff. People starve to death over there. They don't got no food. They don't got no greens and stuff like. Nah. And in Egypt, that was the desert. Like where they growing cotton at? I, I don't know, man. I don't know, my brother. Uh, okay, um, area code 262, I, I had you open, we couldn't hear you, can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me now, Sister Beth? Yes, I, hear you, I, can, hear, well, I can hear you now. All right, greetings family, how's everybody doing? Good, good. Doing great, brother. Long time no here, I know. Right. <laughs> anyway, you got a new, got a me, new uh, number. 
Yeah, this is a, a. I had to go through a whole bunch of garbage, but we ain't gonna go through that. So I'm I'm able to get on now. So that's the good okay. thing. Okay. Uh, basically, right quick, uh, brother Tug, just to put the numbers again, because for me, it's showing us the code of what all this that you're talking about it basically equates to by the code of the number, even dealing with that word synthetic. Synthetic. Well, that's a 42, which is a 6. Oh, this is Eddie over here, man. I, yeah, this is Eddie. Yeah. Oh, oh you didn't, you didn't recognize my voice? Okay. I just, I just, when he started with the number, I'm like, oh, this got to be Eddie right here. Yeah, what's going yeah, on, Eddie? Yeah. How you doing, brother? All right, man. Good to hear you, man. Good to good to be able to speak to you instead of just listen to you because I'd be getting cut off after two hours on the <laughs> computer. You, so, but anyway, uh, just to let you know what you were reading, dealing with what they'll be using in the synthetic. I had wrote certain words down, and you just kept naming the words off. That this is how they're going to use it. Synthetic again, being forty-two. You mentioned it's the algorithms, 42, that they will be using. The algorithms is no more than our beat. Well, when you rearrange the letters to beat, that's beta, baby. Beat mm-hmm. is six. Beta is six. Then you say it's the beta wave. Wave is 15, which is six. It's going to be the word. Word being six, that this new, as you said, beta generation will be fixated on because they're part of the algorithms that's being constructed through this synthetic media. Again, same thing that let's go on, wait, let's go back a few years ago when they introduced this nonsense coronavirus slash COVID 19. Everything we're talking about, y'all was talking about earlier, it's basically eliminating those of us who know the truth. We know real me. We know real this and real that. Our children don't. So they need to get rid of us or attempt to because that's the part that Brother Kwame Mm -hmm. always talks about, the divine. We are still in the divine, and we have to pass that divine information on because, as you stated, Brother Tut, they don't give a fuck about the divine. We see this. So they're interdating our children with this new algorithms slash synthetic nonsense that this is all they know. This is all they've seen. And, again, just like if we're not giving them the divine to offset all of this nonsense that they're going to be dealing with, then they have nothing to use other than what they've been given that, as you stated in so many words, the dumbing down of our youth, the dumbing down of America, actually. But they're more concerned about the youth. And as far as the carbon you stated it, and we've been stating it. They use this carbon footprint nonsense to basically push this nonsense called global warming climate change. 
Now, for anybody, we've been stating for the longest, especially me with the numbers, ain't no such thing as global warming or climate change. This is what happens every 25,920 years dealing with the age of Aquarius, where we are right now again. But again, using their so-called expertise, look up John Coleman, who was the founder of the Weather Channel, 60 years of science and meteorology. And he stated back in the 90s, ain't no such thing as global warming, nor climate change. And the reason that he got out of broadcasting and all that, because Al Gore, as we know, pushed his global warming and climate change. And he said when politics trumps science, he's done. And that's what they all, all this stuff that we're talking about is political, the political gain of greed. As Sister Babe, you mentioned, they just greedy as a fuck. So everything is predicated on money, 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 money. So, yes. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to add that to the mix, fam, and, and uh, we own it. Well, that was a lot. That was very good, man. And, you know, uh, John Comey, you're absolutely right. He was one of the advocates against this um, global warming stuff. That they yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it, but they understand that this is their – the, the global warming goes along with their eugenics. You know what I'm saying? Those two things go together. How how oh, yeah. can they control us is through the weather. You know what I'm saying? Because we are the divine as quantity. Mm-hmm. And uh, by changing the the atmosphere, you know, it's going to change us. Um, if you recall a few years ago, right, I did an article, and a few people did an article on it about China coming out with a synthetic moon. You remember that? Yeah, I remember yeah. that, the, the fake moon. They was going to put a fake moon over the city, and uh, it was going to stay lit all day long, you know, and see this big bright light that lit the city up. And um, by doing the studies, they found out that people's cathedral rhythm would be such affected by that light being on all the time, they won't be able to know night from day. And they'll go crazy. Like the people, a lot of people in Alaska, they start committing suicide and stuff because they go through those 18 hours of darkness and those 18 hours of sunlight. And, um, you know, they, the, the extremes of, you know, always waking up in the daytime outside, you know, never seeing nighttime, you know, or never seeing the daylight, never seeing the sun. You know, think of people in prison that they, they put the most violent criminals under underground so they'll never see the sun. That's part of their punishment, you know, so it has a big effect on when they block out the sun, when they knock down the trees, forget about the oxygen and stuff. I mean, just think of how it's going to affect us. Uh, Everything that was here when we were put here is going to be gone, you know what I'm saying? I've been reading a book. Uh, It's funny. uh, I shouldn't say it's funny, but ever since this whole thing happened with Polite, I went back to read I don't know what made me start reading it, but I started reading Dr. Malachi York's book called The Holy Tablets. Are y'all familiar with that? Yeah, I got a copy of it, too. 
And he's all, man, I, I mean, you talk about sometimes, man, the brightest people die, but that book is, you know, super genius in my opinion. Uh, but it, it explains a lot of this metaphysical stuff that everyone talks, but he has a spin on it. Uh, but in particular, he talks about how the Earth was really the fifth planet from the sun, not the third planet from the sun. All right? And um, it was called Tiamat, T-I-A-M-A-T. Right. It was a five times the size the Earth is today. So everything on Tiamat was five times the size it is today. So that's why you had dinosaurs as opposed to lizards and big wild mammoths as opposed to, to elephants. And the humans were giants, okay? And um, we were the humans. And according to his book, a spaceship called Nibiru, some people call it the 10th sun, but his, um, or his interpretation, or Planet X, yeah, but his interpretation of the text, it's not a sun or a planet, it's a spaceship. And the spaceship had uh, five or four, um, four wings or four, four sides to it. And the, the spaceship was bigger than Tiamat. And um, it crashed into Tiamat. One of its four um, satellites crashed into Tiamat and um, pushed Tiamat from the fifth spot from the sun to the third spot from the sun. And um, the remnants of what was left of Tiamat is called the asteroid belt, which is right there. And um, the Tiamat became two different uh, huge masses. One, the bigger mass, they formed it into a circle and made it to Earth, formed it into a ball. And the other mass, they formed into a ball to make the protector of the Earth, uh, which is today called the moon, right? And he goes through all of this stuff in his book. And, you know, it's just like, man, what? Like, now, can't prove it's true or not, but imagine if the kids was taught this, you know what I'm saying, as opposed to, you know, the word was the word was God and God said, let there be light. I mean, this gives a whole, this tells you about how the planets was formed. You know what I'm saying? This goes way back, you know. So it's just the, um, when, when you put all that together, that's the divine. You know what I'm saying? Hey, the the people who were already here were, were, were uh, humans, they, he called them, you know. And um, in order to stabilize the planet, they had to create these other people, you know, and uh, show how they, these gods, or you know, he sent his sons down, Inky and Anu, and, you know, it, it's Tar and all that stuff, but uh, I, I got totally off base, man. I forget the point I was trying to make with all that. But um, the, the Holy Tablets, man, everybody needs to check that out. It's a good read, you know, even though it's coming from a bad person, you know. I have uh, someone else had a hand raised. Uh, 410-746-410. Please, please. Good evening, Sister Bev and Brother Topmost. How you doing? Great, great. How you doing, Brother? Right. I heard uh, Brother uh, Topmost say earlier he didn't believe that Egyptians uh, had a knowledge of uh, growing cotton. 
and I just wanted to inform him that there's a record showing that the Egyptians um, and the Nubians, which is northern Sudan, uh, grew cotton way back as far as 3000 BC. So, and he can find that on by googling history of Egyptian cotton dash ponte p o n t i home h o m e. And if he really is curious about it, all he has to do is Google ancient Egyptians and look at the uh, women and what they wore. In fact, Egyptian women was the first females to wear a dress. So there is knowledge that the Egyptians did grow cotton. In fact, it was um, much sought at in the ancient world. So there is a record of it. He may not know it, but there is a record of it. And look, I want to congratulate you, you guys that, on You're telling me that on the, show. the ancient Egyptians that the black people call Kemites, you're telling me those people were growing cotton. All you have to do is Google history no, I'm, of I'm Egyptian cotton. I'm telling you where to get it from. Mm-hmm. Google history Go of Egyptian cotton. Tell me the name cotton. of that book again. No, Egyptian. it's on. It's on. It's online, and you Google history of Egyptian cotton. Mm-hmm. Dash Ponte P O N T I home H O M E. Wait 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 wait. You keep going gives... too fast. Hist- wait 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 wait. History of a I can't I can't type that fast. Cotton. Now what was the history of Egyptian? History mm-hmm. of Egyptian cotton. Dash Ponte P O N T I home. And it says what mm-hmm. did Egypt ancient Egyptians use cotton for? I'm going to look this up, brother. Thank you for giving me that. Yeah. And look, all you got to do is just go to uh, Google on image uh, and type and uh, click on images, and you see the Egyptian women wearing uh, robes. In fact, Egyptian women were the first females well, we, on the we, planet we, we'll to wear both dresses. Agree that, we'll both agree that you could make robes out of some other than cotton, right? Say what? I said we could both agree that you could make robes out of something other than cotton, right? Of course, but here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> I mean, a picture's worth a thousand words, brother. Yeah, but and look, here's the other thing. Pictures. They had um, they had the the hieroglyphs, but those aren't pictures, so you can't really see. Yes, you Hello? can. Uh, all you gotta look, brother Tupo. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna believe the point. But all you got to do is uh, click on uh, Google, click on images, and you'll see what they're wearing. No, I'm but looking there is, at it now. Yeah, but there is a history of it. Yeah, I sent it, and I thank you. I sent it to you, Tutmose, the history, the history of... No, I, I'm on the Ponte on home site. I'm trying to find out who Ponte home is, though. Well, you can do your research, Historic- but... There is a book that, that states all of this, too, and the next time um, I get a chance, I'm going to send you the, the link to that book. That would be perfect. That would be perfect. Yeah. Now, I would rather get it from a book. Now, is the book, well, written, yeah. by, is the book written by black people? No, this is Well, your... regardless of who it's written by, the record is there. Is, that was a yes or no. Say so what? I said, is it written by black people? Yes or no? That's a yes or no question. It's written by black no. and white folk. 
there's a, there's mm. books on this subject written by black and white folk. And I'm going to send you the information. Okay. But uh, congratulations on a good show. And look, uh, if you would, uh, sister, uh, what's your what's your email address, Tutmos? Oh, it's um, TJS81277 at Gmail. Okay, I'm going to go back in the archives and get that, and I'm going to send you the information. Please do, brother, because that would be very helpful. And if I, you know, I still correct it, you know, if I'm wrong. Uh, however, in my research, I did not find that. But I'm, I'm interested to see, um, you know, how that whole thing comes together. But, um, yeah, and, and, I know, and look. Click on click on ancient Egyptians, and click on images, and you'll see those women wearing linen and 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 cotton uh, robes dresses. You know, oh, I mean, okay. our people go back way farther than anybody else. And look, I mean, just because uh, it's not common knowledge doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mhm. Well, I mean, I, but anyway, I the Egyptians, my people. But I get what you're saying, though. I, and if I, like I said, if I, if that is true, because I had the cotton originating in Sudan, um, not in where? So I'm a, I'm a in Sudan, in the Sudan, um, not a well in this in the Indus Valley, but in Africa, the first place was that I no, thought it was the Sudan. Exactly. Well, and around, Sudan around, around um four. Fourth, fourth century BC. It was down there in the Well, yes, but because the Sudan is not is an extension of the Nile Valley civilization. I wonder if you know. But who who's that? I hear a lady. I'm sorry. I don't know who's this. I think. Can I be heard right quick, fam? Yeah, I hear you. I'm gonna get off the air. I'm gonna send you information. Yeah, just send me if because Bev's texting me saying she got kicked off, so I don't know what really yeah. what to do. Right. I think he's over there by uh, breakdown. Huh? I heard a lady I'm say breakdown. I'm calling right now. Jenny! Oh, all right. Well, let's just close out, man. I hear a lady talking, and uh, we'll come back next week. Hey, Tut, oh, yes, sir. Tut. Okay, yes. I sent you. I sent you a text. It's Cotton Egyptian History, and it's in the Google search. It's, it's EU Publishing. It still goes back to 2600 B.C., and this is what they've, they've been able to research and show. It came out of Nubia, and this is what mm-hmm. the art, this is the history of it. Okay, I'm going to definitely look up everything y'all sent me, and... um. Is there 708 there, line open? Yeah. 708? Yes, yes, what's up, man? Oh, what's up, Brad? All right, man, look, I was sitting here listening to y'all, and I pulled up the thing on cotton because it's very interesting. But they're saying when the Confederate artillery opened up on Union Garrison at Fort Sumner in Charleston Harbor, April 12, 1861, it marked the beginning of an acceptance chapter in history. Over the, so what happened? Because of the war, 
Egypt took over the cotton, cotton trade, but they were making cotton in America and in, 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 in Europe, and in, in, not, not Europe, in Mexico and Peru, and in this valley. Let me see that for the seven countries, colonies across the world. This is this is right off Google. See, this is right off Google. And the question I ask is, uh, what countries was the first ones to produce cotton? And it says how the American Civil War built Egypt's divided cotton industry and changed the world. And it started in 1850. But that's what I'm saying. It's just 2600 BC is when Egypt. This was written in the hieroglyphs. In Nubia, this is where that. This is why. No, no, it's not saying that. It's saying the 1850 Egypt became the first country outside of Europe states to have a railroad and small. And, and Israel pushed its expansion of cotton. So the cotton was over here and over there, but it was in America before it was in Egypt. That's not so. The cotton plant was recorded from Egypt in the dynastic period as early as 25 BC. The cotton season recovered from Nubia, 16, 1964. Cotton from the land of the pharaohs. The commercial cultivation of cotton in Egypt began during the reign of Muhammad Ali Persia in 18th century. That's not so. That's incorrect. I believe, I believe Egypt was over here, so I, I got a whole different perspective of all that. Because yeah, more pyramids over here than any place in the world, period. Point blank. That's, more pyramids in America than anywhere in the world. Well, I have. That I, I, what I have here that is, is the oldest cotton fabric found to date, found in Hookah, Chita, and Peru. It's dated around 6000 BC. And that would be in line with the oldest civilization known to date, which is the Karel Supe people. Right, which was in Peru. So that sounds a little bit more logical than um, white man's Egypt. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just my opinion. But yeah. you know, if you if you believe that 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 the stories that of Egypt, you know, I guess that's what the difference is. Because I don't. Tutmos, are you saying that uh, the South American uh, civilization is older than African civilizations? Um yeah, Carol Supet. That's the oldest civilization I, I know, I, in the world. I heard what I, I, I heard what you said, but look, I mean, the thing is, when you go by these ADs and BCs that has been written, ancient Egyptian civilization and African civilizations dates way back further than five thousand and six thousand BC. According to them, I mean, that's, that's just common sense. According to their Egyptologists, they don't. Um, but if you Google Carol Supe, the oldest civilization, UNESCO uh, confirmed that. And they have a huge pyramids down there, way bigger than Egypt, but they've been, um, you can see where people have um, taken pieces of them to build homes, like the stone and stuff. Uh, but huge, huge pyramids. And then right after that, you got Machu Picchu, which is a few, I mean, that, these right. civilizations right. are old, man. These aren't new civilizations. Um, I, I, but if you need the first people to be Egyptians, which fits eugenics, I mean, I get that. That's the out of Africa theory. So I get it. You know, the white people, the people were monkeys, and as they got further north, they became civilized. 
and it became white, right? And then as you go further north, you're in Europe. No. So, that's, no. you know, that's, that's the out of Africa theory, right? Come on, oh, brother. Brother Tupmos, come on. Look, Take look, the emotion uh, out of it. You got my number. You got my I got, number. I don't, I don't have your number. Be... Yeah, he, okay. I, I'm not going to. I don't really do the ancient conversations. I deal with the future. I don't either. I, I let I let, know, the, I, I let the the elders deal with the ancient stuff. I deal with the future. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, do I not, deal with the I'm future. Not, it's nothing that could be said that's going to convince me that the oldest yeah. civilization wasn't in the Americas. Oldest The only thing you can do to show me is a bunch of white people stuff, which is going to lead us right back to. Dalton and Galton and Darwin and we're going to get right back into that one time we go there and uh, we're going at, there several times on the show um, you know what I'm saying so I, I don't I just don't buy it bro but well, I, I, get, I, go, I, I go, understand what well, you were taught yeah well I go with Dr. Ben and I go with uh, John Henry I know you do. I can tell I you do. Of, but I know exactly who you go with with the way you're talking I know exactly yeah, who you yeah, go yeah, with yeah, I, I, yeah. I, they they right around the corner from you. Trust me, I know exactly who you go. Yeah, with. yeah. And and I go by well, I go by other forces too. But they get the, the thing is, you know, day, hey, look, they get yeah, the bunk every day. Yeah, I understand that. And look, I go with the future too because the future is now, and uh, that's why I tune into you because we got we got a hell of a, a crisis coming towards us. So I don't get into this. I just thought I'd give you that information, but Absolutely. you know, we make well, them differ. What what do you think is the 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 fix to this crisis we have coming up as black people? What how can we fix this situation for ourselves? Well, I'm a, I'm all about solutions, and and here's the thing mm-hmm. that we really got to do, Tupmose. In my opinion, mm-hmm. my humble opinion, mm-hmm. number one, we're just going to have to get back to the basics, and what I mean by that is. We're going to have to go ahead on and not only educate, but we're going to have to gather together our experts like yourself, and we're going to have to go in and bring them together at a table and finance them and go in and set up the schools and and go in and finance whatever we need in our communities. And it needs to start with food, clothing, shelter, transportation, and health care. If we just address the food deserts in our neighborhoods, that will bring in revenue like enough to finance everything else. And look, we got the money because we we gather the money every Sunday in the name of God and give it to the devil on Monday. But that that money needs to be stirred towards our salvation and 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 our. And you know our our survival. That's where it's at. Because we gather the money every Sunday. We got it. It's just a matter of convincing those people that is in charge of the money to start financing what we need as a people, and go with what you're talking about. Start investing in technology centers around the country. That's what we need to do. And, yes. Well, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. I 
Oh, the first wave came from Venezuela. Now, the second wave, he says, is coming from um, Honduras, Guatemala, and Salvador, San Salvador. So they sent it up all MS-13. What, what, but I, I, I'm trying to figure out, he said all the civilization, our people that you connect to, they are there in New York. Well, you're breaking up really bad. Pardon me, I can't. I can hear every other word you're saying, brother. Uh, it's the oldest civilization. Mhm. Hello, I can't hear you now. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out. You know, we call no, say, say, I didn't hear Say it again. I was saying those immigrants are coming from the South Americas, where you say civilization began. They're the oldest, if that's what you that's what you use them. So how are no, we gonna said, call them and get them in that way? The oldest people came from um, Peru. That's what I said. Those people moved and that's migrated the same that's over the same continent. Yeah, let me let me let me finish. If you follow their history, they go up. They keep coming up until they get to North America. They start building mounds in North America. Down in Central America, they build the step pyramids. You got the Bonaparte statues and all that stuff. The Bonaparte pyramids, rather. You got all of that stuff down there. You got calendars. You got the as to the Mayan. Those is all black people. Okay, I, they're not, they don't look nothing like the people that's there now. Those people are Spaniards. Those people came over to conquer, and they mixed in. And stuff. Those aren't the original people that were there. The original people that were there look more like the Venezuelans, to be honest. Like, but um, you know, like I say, the Venezuelans, the ones that come here, they fall under different ethnic groups, right? So you got some that are black, even though they will never call themselves black. And you got some that are white who can't wait to call themselves white. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, with Spanish people, it's different. But obviously, you do know that Spain conquered all of everything south of the United States, right? And including Florida at one point in California. So they brought thousands of people over from Spain. And you could look up this right here. Look up the Manila Galleons. Manila Galleons. Where you see they estimate they brought 1.3 million people from China, I mean, from the Philippines to Mexico um, during the 1500s. So, you know, that, that explains why those people look the way they look today. You know, they got a lot of Asian mixed in them. Okay, and Nana Musa and Amar Baraka, it was his, his, he was the king before Nana Musa became king. And you heard of the voyage of 1311. The 2,000 ships that came to, to the South America. I never saw any evidence of that. I heard the story. I heard that that story's not true, too. So I, I don't even deal with that story. Like, how can you prove that's true? But how can you prove and a lot of people that's going to put that story would be like Hebrew Israelites. 
But what you're saying is the fact about the Phil- the Philippine Islands was not the Philippines. You saying that them people were brought there by the 1500s. It's, it's who wrote the story. But the Manila galleons is is um is proven due to the fact that all those ships were insured. So you still have a surety proving that these ships, these things took place. What's the proof that me and Tamusa brought 2,000 people here, 2,000 ships here? An African, an African brought 2,000 ships to America. They can't do that today. Like, just think of how that sounds. What trees did they cut down to make those ships? They didn't use. They were made of papyrus. It was made out of what? Papyrus. National Geographic did the same thing. They made the same papyrus ships and put them in the ocean currents that come in the bird months, that come off the coast of, of West Africa, and those currents will bring you to the South America. You don't have to have the the the... the the only thing they used was the wind and the currents will carry you. Same way the hurricane comes every year, follows the same pattern every year. Comes off the are coast you of Cape Verde. And- are you familiar with the Spanish Armada? <laughs> yeah, but what? What did the Spanish? Huh? What did the Those boats were made out of wood, right? Ship? Not papyrus. But where did the Spaniards learn to build ships? Well, I don't know. That's that's another. I'm asking you one question. You asked me another. I said, are you familiar with the Spanish Armada? Right? Those boats all sink. Those boats all sink going from Spain to England in the Atlantic Ocean. And you're telling me that books made boats made out of papyrus got across the Atlantic the most Violent ocean in the whole world. Made it a course. Right? I, I, I don't believe that. There, I, I'm sorry. Okay. National National Geographic has a document, the documentary, showing where they did the same trip with the Papyrus boats they built. Go on there and watch it. National Geographic, Pap, Papyrus ships sailed to the Americas. Okay. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Half of it. Thank you. Of course, the Atlantic Ocean. Come on, man. Yeah. I don't know about that one, man. That, that the man that gone. did it. Can you hear me, Tetmos? Mm-hmm. Can you hear me, Tutmos? I'm listening to you, brother. Uh, the guy that did that experiment name was Thor T H O R Hyradol. He built. I'm sure. He built. Uh, a, I knew you he built a ship. He uh-huh. built a ship based on what they used in the Chad uh, Lake, and uh, he built that that sh- that boat. And he did sail from west. He did sail from Africa to the. Uh, to the Caribbean in that reed papyrus boat. He did do that. His name is Thor mm-hmm. Hyradol. It's a mm-hmm. documented fact. So he did now, do how it. Many, and look, how many people? How many people was on this um on these boats 
with Mansa Musa. I'm, I, look, I've heard that story about Mansa Musa, but here's the thing. You said you didn't think that a, a boat made out of uh, papyrus reed could sail from I'm, Africa I'm to the, the Caribbean. Now. I'm, I'm, no, I, I, I'm looking at this boat right now. I mean, hey, I just saw a dude, he made a hamster wheel out of um, water bottles. He tried to walk across, run across the land. So anything's possible, you know. I mean, I think one of these boats probably would make it, you know, of course, if the white weather conditions was there. That's right. uh, These boats are very, these boats I'm looking at are very small. Um, Probably fit one or two people. And, and look, like, it, it doesn't, look like it doesn't matter about the number of people. You said that you didn't believe that it could be done. Now, look, here's the other thing. Those people could have built a boat. Musa, no, I said yeah. I don't believe Mr. Musa took thousands of people across the ocean. And that's when the boat conversation. So still this doesn't okay. support that. But well, I get well, you. I understood you. You believe it. You know? I don't go and believe I go. This guy probably yeah, did get one of these boats across the ocean. I believe that. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's possible, but there ain't no um, well, uh, uh, well, the thing is, uh, the thing is, Tupmos. Here's here's the thing. It didn't necessarily have to be those types of boats. Now, if you believe that the uh, Vikings sailed over here from uh, Iceland, uh, from Iceland, and those boats that you see in those pictures. Then it's very possible that. that the Africans could build a boat or ships to uh, do the same thing. Have you seen those Viking boats that they show in pictures in history? Do you believe that story? I'm just saying the that, that's what they that's what they put in the history books. But look, you don't know you don't know what kind every- of technology the Western Africans had. I I don't believe that those boats that you're talking about with Mansa Musa was the boats that they used. Because I haven't seen a history of European shipbuilding and when it was started and how it was started. So my thing is, I've been trying to research that for years. When did Europeans first start building, selling ships? I haven't seen any history of that. I don't know if you have or not, but I haven't seen it. And they didn't have the technology because look, European history just started when the Moors got over there in, the, in what, the 700 and, the, and, the, and to the 1400s. So the Europeans really didn't have a high civilization, a high civilization until the Moors got there. So when did they start building ships? So all this with this, uh, well, the ginger and the tea. So it's Somebody talk about yes. ginger. Oh, uh, but. All right, so listen. The Egyptians made boats that could get to the United States. Let's just say I agree with that. What does that change? Well, the conversation got off track when you said you didn't believe certain things, and all we did was I, I just give you. I still don't believe. That's what I'm saying. What does, what does it change? I'm a, I'm gonna say I believe it now. What does it change? Yeah, but but my thing is, like you, you I'm go, concerned with the now. You still got to prepare for tomorrow, right? 
Yeah, I'm concerned with the now and how to save the future for for the black race. That's yeah, what I'm that's, concerned with. That's, that's what and I'm look, saying. Like, these, these, yeah. We spend a lot of time talking about Kenny. Now, maybe not where you from, but where I'm from, they spend a lot of time talking. They devote whole days to standing on 125th Street talking about Kenny. People devote whole days standing on 125th Street dressed like um, funny-looking people talking about they from Hebrews. You got people who spend whole days on 125th Street with big-ass pheasants on talking about they from Morocco. And ain't none of them worried about the future. So to come in with that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm oblivious to all that, man. That's not important to me. My goal is to make people say, man, fuck all that history. Let's deal with the future. And now, well, I, you know, I, when, I, I, when I, I speak to people, you can say yeah, I, I've listened to you, and I agree with you. And I just laid out a course on what it's going to take to save the black race in the United States. And the thing is, is this. I'm hitting the road the first of the year with what I just laid out to you earlier in this conversation. Because the thing is, we have the finances. We have the knowledge, uh, technology. Uh, knowledge of tech, 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 uh, IT, and all of this other stuff to do it. It's just a matter of, of financing our technic, technic, uh, technical people to do what we need to do. And the thing is, is this: I was raised where talk is cheap; it takes money to buy land. I'm not about sitting here talking about something and not doing it. I'm out there to roll my sleeves up and get to work. So. I'll be in your area sometime next year, and uh, I'm going to let you know when I come in to present Oh, yeah, we got to meet up. For sure, man. Now, yeah. I, one thing I would add to what you said earlier about your plan is I would say if we need – this is my what I say my plan is. Everything you said was on point, but we need think tanks made up of young people. No one, no one my age should even be on. I'm 46. I should. No one my age should be on the think tank. People all 30 and younger. They have to figure. And whatever they come up with, we're gonna fund it. You know what I'm saying? But we're gonna have to depend on the young people here because um, they're the only people that's focused on the future. You know, everybody else. No, no disrespect to the elders. But it's going to turn into a conversation about the past. I've seen it happen well, a million times when we go to meetings to come up with solutions. And what we're going to do, it turns into an argument, like sort of like what we have in here about what was what happened 5,000 years ago, which is not important oh, yeah. to what, you know. So I think that the young people, not, no elder, not, not even my age, young people need to figure this out and we just – put the money behind what they figured out. Whatever they're going to go with, we down with it. You know, we trust our young people to make the right decision. Uh, I well, don't think well, having elders at a conversation with young people is beneficial at this point at all. The generation gap is too much, and it's going to be a lot of arguing and stuff and disagreeing, and you're going to lose the young people. That's, that's my well, bro, That's bro, the only thing I would bro, add to what you said. Brother Tecmo, t- t- brother Te- Tutmos. Just call me Thomas, please, brother Thomas. Man, I hate that name. Okay. Thomas. Okay. Can I call you brother Thomas? 
That's perfect. Just call me Thomas, man. Okay, Thomas, look. All hands on deck. That's what it's going to take. Now, look, my thing is this year, you're only 46 years old, but you're already looking into the future. So now my thing is this year, if you already is aware of certain technologies and how they work, your opinion and the money to, to put behind you and 30-year-olds and below is going to be the key to all of this because, look, nobody has all of the knowledge. Now, you have a, a young man, 22 years old, with a college degree, they're looking for a job, and they need guidance. And the thing is, look, you're not a senior citizen, but you're a person that has, that has seen things in life, and you have a pretty good, you have a pretty good uh, idea of where this thing is going. So the thing is, is the finance. Those young people that have the technical skills to do ever what they need to do to make us competitive out here in this world and to do things that's going to enhance the black community. So I don't eliminate anyone, but the thing is you've got to have an operation where you can do whatever you need to do, and you need to set up a structure where everybody can bring their ideas in and finance them. That's my key. I don't know how you agree with that, but that's the way I see it. Are you still there? I'm sorry. I've been talking. I've been muted. I'm sorry about that, man. Um, yeah, no, uh, well, I, I was I just saying. I, that, don't, I, don't, I heard. I heard everything uh, you said. I was. I was. I was responding to it, and I was muted. Um, but go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that you don't exclude anyone, but you set up a no, structure I heard that to where. I responded to that. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, I say absolutely. Uh, we don't need the elders and the young people to come together at all. No, we don't want to mess up the young people. Uh, no, nah, we want to keep them um, thinking they can win and um, and, and, and go moving forward. Man. We, we don't want them going backwards. When you tell no. people in the 70s, it's going to turn into stories about Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown. It's going to turn into a shit show. And I've seen it happen no. from experience. I've, I've been right. in the rooms. We need the young yeah. people work much more effectively when they are by themselves. And they come well, up with well, very yeah. good ideas. Good, but you know what? I agree with you. But the thing is, when you set up the structure to where you keep the conversation in line, and when those people do come in, you let them know in advance, hey, look, this is where we are. We're going to table that conversation. I've been in meetings where we've come up with 25-year plans, 50-year plans, 100-year plans. And the thing is, I did it for white folk. And the key thing is, hey, look, this is the agenda. This is where we're going to try and concentrate on getting this thing started. And this is where our goal is at. at. And anything outside of that will not be included in this conversation. Now, I did it with white folk. And I'm seeing some of the things that we plan coming into fruition now 50 years later. So the thing is, you got to have a structured conversation. That's what you got to have. 
because you're going to have young folks coming up with wild ideas too. All mm-hmm. I'm saying is, is that, hey, look, they need to be financed. The old folks got the money. And the thing is, that money needs to be channeled into young ideas. That's all I'm saying, Tupmos. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't have yeah. a lot of tolerance for people that's coming out with wild ideas and, and and stuff that don't make sense. When we finance something, that money is going to something that we know is going to be practical and it's going to help the uh, community. That's the way you structure a conversation mm-hmm. in a meeting. Yeah. Now well, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that's the way you go. No, I, no, I deal with I deal with white people at meetings all the time, and they don't meet like black people meet. You know, that, exactly. Gotta, exactly. So, um, yeah, they the young people, in my opinion, they 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 don't need any of our failures uh, holding them back. I mean, they need to go forward without that. You got a lot of preconditions. You can't do this. You can't do that. You got a lot of, they got all the hope and, and, and wish and, and vigor, and we need to let them, you know, go out there and not give them the boogeyman stories about what they can't do and what happened and, you know, keep them up, keep them informed, but they need to, in those state teams, in those type of environments, can we have the young people come to us with the idea and we don't agree with it but still fund it? Because white people do that. See, black people won't do that. And that's the problem. Well, that, you see, that's the and I, problem. When I was doing the, the hip-hop shows the last couple of weeks, I was showing how hip-hop got taken from us because the older people didn't put the money behind it when the kids was doing it. Like, in the 70s, why the mothers and fathers didn't, Okay, oh, you like this? Okay, yo, let me put the money behind it. And they could have never took it from us because we were on it. So, once again, the, the elders, even me, I'm taking me out. Anyone who lived in the crack ever, gotta, they can't be in that meeting. Anyone who lived in the, the hell, they can't be in that meeting. Yo, let the kids do that without that, without our failures. You know what I'm saying? That, that's just how I feel. I get what you're saying. A lot, a lot of people um, that I give my idea to, they don't agree with it. I totally understand where you're coming from. Most particular uh, people that's over 50 don't agree with my idea. You know, people well, under look, 50 say, yo, I'm with well, it. Well, look, Tutmos, now you, I heard you in, in prior uh, shows say that you worked on Wall Street, right? Yeah, I worked for the stock exchange. Okay, let me ask you a question. What is it about Wall Street that is the fuel that build industries in this country? Now, I'm going to say this to you. Most of the people that is in control of Wall Street is your age or older. Now, they finance the young people, and they do it through venture capital. They do it through, uh, what is that, uh, private equity. And they do it through corporations. We have never set up, and I'm repeating what Robert X said, we Uh have never set up corporate structures to finance anything. And I go with what you said, hip-hop. When when this thing first started out there in the Bronx, those people did not have corporate structures or either venture capital money 
to monetize their ideas. And that's where we fail at. Yeah, young folks do have ideas. But if you don't have uh, structures in place to finance their ideas, then all you're doing is just doing what happened to hip-hop. The Jews and mm-hmm. the Jews and other white folks put the money to that talent, and now it's a $30 billion business. So the thing is, you got the old folks and folks your age got to use our money to set up these structures, venture capital or either mezzanine loaning operations, to go ahead on and finance these things or else you ain't going to get anywhere. And that's been the problem of black folk. We don't have institutions in place to capitalize on our talent. So, yeah, you're going to need some elders like yourself that's making money because most 22-year-olds don't have the money to finance their ideas. And I give you this year, rappers. There's a whole lot of the rappers out there that had ideas being financed by white folks because black folks didn't have the proper structures in place to monetize their ideas, and that's where we fail at. So now you've been on Wall Street. You see how this thing works. The elders mm-hmm. of these white, uh, these uh, the elders of the United States, white folks, put the money out there and they build these structures so that they can capitalize on a Zuckerberg. That's the role of the elders to me, is to build the spawns, whatever ideas, without us being Thank here, you. that the young people come up with. And even if we don't agree, because I'm sure, I'm sure the white boy who came up and said, it might have even been a black man, but whoever it was came up and said, yo, you can make all these computers connect all around the world and talk and do all this stuff. They father and mother probably said, this motherfucker crazy as hell. But they said, how much is going to cost to fund it? You know, and they got exactly. the money up. So that's, that's our role as the elders is to put up the money, right? But exactly. Once again, I just don't think that the idea to, to, to you know, I don't, I don't want to go in there with that um, mindset where we know everything. Cause we older, we scared right. this. Then we're gonna get into well, this happens then, and then the the point we're there for is to finance the young people. So just give us exactly. the idea, and let's just put the money. Now, what you were saying about the structures, how they work. See, in Wall Street, right now, I work for a company called Ike Continental Exchange, owns the New York Stock Exchange. They own 13 clearing houses. They own a percentage of the Hong Kong Stock Exchange and the London Stock Exchange. They're a huge conglomerate. So I don't work on Wall Street. I work for the people that own Wall Street. You understand? Exactly. So this, when they, every year, they bring them in. I get the, the list of them. I got to make up the desk for them, make sure they got the computer equipment, everything set up straight. They phone. They call them. Young people, interns, right? They come in, they're going to pay them $100,000 a year just to walk around with someone and learn the business. They put them in rooms by themselves. They think about things. They come up with ideas. They come in and listen to them, and they put their money behind them without questioning it. You understand? And that's where I want to get you with our people. Where the elders, we have enough faith in our youth, and we got enough um, that we could just fund the idea, even if we don't agree with it, right? It might turn out to be the damn internet. You know, it might turn out to be hip-hop, a $20 trillion industry over the years that we made about a billion dollars out. You know what I mean? Like, that's, 
that's the way I see it. But I, I think we both right on point, and uh, we should further this conversation. But uh, I'm gonna get off the phone now because I gotta get, I gotta go to work tomorrow. But I think the line. Yeah, but that, but look, I want I want to end on this note. Now you just said the keyword right there. You see these people, how they how they do things. You mean to tell me you can't come out here and set up? the same type of structure that you just described. Now, you oh, say, yeah, you say how they work. Mm-hmm. You say how they organize. You mean mm-hmm. to tell me you can't come out here and you can't come out in the black community and set up the same type of structure? Now you added that black community to it. Yes, I did. Because, look, well, the thing define is, is the this. Black, define, define the black community. I've never seen Here's what what, you look up the word community. It means a group of people with the same ideas and the same goals. That's what it means. You see that among black people? No, I don't. But the thing is, you just described how it's done. And my thing is, you see how it's done. All we got to do is duplicate what we see. I agree with you, man. It's called. Law 44 of the 48 Laws of Power, mirror your enemy. Do exactly what they do. They lay it out for us. You see exactly how they do it. Yeah, we need to be doing it. But the problem is, is black people in the in the neighborhoods, I don't call them communities because we all live in white communities with black people living in. They own all the infrastructure. They make all the rules. And we can't go there and say we gonna you gonna do this and change that without them saying, Oh, no, your niggas ain't and if y'all do it, well, you're gonna lock your asses up, right? So that's all that they have the power. See, community people well, have the power. We don't need to well, worry look, about that. Right? Google now, Google do, Google look, Google soft infrastructure. Google soft infrastructure. Of soft infrastructure. And my thing is this year. Look, all mm-hmm. you do is duplicate what you see, reverse engineer it for a cause. And the thing is, look, if you're thinking about, hey, look, we, yeah, we exist at the pleasure of white folk, but the thing is, hey, we can set up our own system. And you just described how that system works. And the thing is, oh, you don't need everybody. You just need a few because uh, the white power structure only have a few people do, stirring this whole economy. So I'll end on that note. But you look up soft infrastructure. I'm looking it up now, man. Is, it looks interesting. They, they, uh, services which are required to maintain economic, health, and cultural and social standards of a population as opposed to hard infrastructure, which is physical infrastructure, roads, bridges, et cetera. Yeah, this is this is what white people call welfare. Uh, Section well, their welfare. But my thing is this no, year, they, they we, got the hard infrastructure. When we get it, they got the hard up. infrastructure, but the thing is we need to set up a soft infrastructure of our own. And the thing is, yeah, there is no such thing as a black community because people like you and I haven't sit down at the table to come up with a small group of people that is willing to go out and preach the, what you and I are talking about because you have the knowledge and I have certain mm-hmm. knowledge. I worked on projects that was 50-year that was projects, but the thing is black folks have never put up 
institutions and infrastructures, self-infrastructures to do what's needed to help this black race in here. And I'm all about the survival of the black race. Yes, I'm black. And the thing mm-hmm. is, I'm proud to be black. And I know mm-hmm. if we don't do what you and I are talking about, our children is doomed. And I'm going to get off and let you have the last word. And brother, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, man. Is Kwame still there? Kwame and um, Brother Bragg? Oh, we only two on. I think we the two left. <laughs> so, brother, <laughs> I'm going to look at your uh, emails you sent me and um, call it next week and we'll further this conversation, man. And I think that well, I won't. I won't. Is, I, won't be, I won't be. I won't be calling in because certain things that I want to discuss don't need to be on the airways. But I will be in contact with you. I was calling to talk about whatever we talk. You know, the show because I think it's important. Like I just did the whole show on showing how all the content that you're going to be exposed to on the internet is all going to be created by artificial intelligence by 2026. To me, that's very important, especially since uh, they're talking about this is going to be the new creators of the arts and music, and where is the only place that we've been allowed to thrive other than sports, right? So I think that, you know, having an elder like yourself calling in and putting your input down is really important, you know, especially since we don't have young people calling to the show. Hear the elders talk about this might spark something in them, you know, uh, even when Kwame's talking about uh, how we need to go back to the divine essence and divine technology and all that, that's important. They do, they need to know that because I'm going to tell you, in, in 20 years, they, these kids are going to be 20. That's 20 years old. They ain't going to know nothing about doing nothing for themselves. Everything's going to be done for them by the AI. So, you know, and, and they're going to look at people who actually create things like we're, we're dinosaurs. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to have to definitely have the elders in this conversation. You know what I'm saying? But um, let me get, start ironing my clothes, man. It's getting late. Yeah. And I love you all. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry to have taken up all your time. Have a good evening. Oh, nah, man. I, we had a great conversation, man. We didn't agree that I love conversations where I don't agree. That's good, man. That's good, man. Because that's how you get stuff settled. You know what I'm saying? And I learned today that cotton you know, might have came from Egypt, you know. So I'm I'm going to do my research and uh, more love to you, brother. Take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.